Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com golf, fella. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, I'm Nate Thompson, and I'm with the boys at Missing Curfew. Make sure you listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien. And I'm Scotty Upshaw. The Updog. What's happening? We got another new episode here for the boys. We got a little U.S. Open recap. A shout out to a men's league team that's been doing some fucking all year. The retro jerseys. The great one throwing his hat in the ring in Las Vegas with some lacrosse, Luchin slamming beers outside the Rogers Arena, playoff hockey, and much, much more. William Scotty Updog. How are we doing, Obes? Nice to be back in the studio after a long, long weekend. Um, but I got to say, it was a great weekend. Got my girls back in town uh, yeah. for my first inaugural Father's Day. So How was it was that? It was great. It was, uh, woke up to some breakfast, a little breakfast burrito, a nice latte. I know you like your lattes. <laughs> Um, you know, saw my little baby, uh, for the first time in a week. So man, it was good. Long weekend though, fella, the Balboa, the Balboa kicked my ass. I know it kicked your ass. Uh, a lot, a lot of golf, a lot of laughs, a lot of boozing, uh, a couple nights out, a little after party the one night. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Had, had the maids I, I over. Fuck the, I say fuck the Balboa is what I say. <laughs> That's my last Balboa. How's the wrist That's doing? My, fuck, I played so bad, man. I played so bad. And my partner didn't play much fucking better, to be honest with you. All the dogs. But I chunked so many fucking shots that I'm my wrist is in one, to be honest with you. But uh, that could be my last little member guest for maybe ever. You think so? Uh, yeah, I, don't think so. Just, I don't like to play early. I don't like the formats. I don't like, I just don't like it. It costs me money. It's just, it's just maybe, time that I just play Wednesday, days. Friday. That's my game. Is it the three day that just? It's it might just be the, the whole thing. Day. I thought I don't. I don't like the setup. I don't like the way they do it. I don't like the early tea times. Why not a shotgun tea time? Yeah, it's because it's fucking long rounds. I think. Ah, fuck. I mean, I've been other ones where do shotgun. So I mean, I, I just, I just, yeah, it wasn't for me. But let's let's get something positive going. Let's talk about U.S. <laughs> Open. Oh, the the Open. Well, Buddy, positive for for a few guys at the U.S. Open, not Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, I watched it all day Saturday. Saturday was great. Shout out to my good Canadian lad Mackenzie Hughes. Fuck, he, he played stuck good on around Sunday. too on Sunday. He played so good on Saturday. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this guy. But it's just like, you know, Uppy, man, the pressure on him must have been outrageous, right? With all the people in Canada cheering him on. But what were your thoughts? John Rom, Rombo, we call, you called it. Yeah. I put a little bit of money on him. I took, I put more on uh, Alexander Shifley. That's how you say his name, right? Is that how you Shifley. Say? Shifley, who got off to a good start, two under, 
And then he just kind of stayed there the fucking rest of the tournament. The and local boy. I put a little bit on Rom. I wish I would have put the house on him. But what were your thoughts? My thoughts were the course looked hard. Fucked. Man, on, on the back nine, I mean, watching, you know, just the shots that uh, you had to hit good shots to even put yourself in a spot to like hit a green. Yeah. Um, and the, the par five on the back nine, the one with the layup, I mean, Rory hit it in two on Sunday, which was incredible. 618 yards par five, Rory went driver three wood just right to the middle of the Fuck, thing. what a shot. But anyone else trying to lay up, they had a little fucking sliver down the fairway, down on this hill. And if they didn't hit it, it was good night, Jim Kite. Um, except the one, uh, who, was, who was our boy, Ustazen? Louis Ustazen. Who, who hung in there till the <sighs> end, but he, he, he laid up on that one par five into the, into the shit. And on 18, somehow, no. no, it was like 15, 15 or 16. But anyway, he lays up and puts one to the front of the green, somehow two putts to stay in the mix. Uh, and at that time, I think John Rahm had just finished kind of sitting there lo loving the fact that he grabbed his little kid and his wife. And just after everything he went through at the Memorial Lobes, getting, you know, oh, COVID know. stealing, you know, six shot lead and and a nice purse for him. Uh, yeah. You know, pretty unfortunate. But what a way to. uh you know, what a way to spend a weekend for him as a father and, and you know, clean up the, the U.S. Open was pretty special to see. Just a good dude, too, right? Like Looks like a good guy. Everything he says, you know, a little thicker guy, so I'm cheering for him for that reason, yeah. right? A little thicker, big old ass on him. Big legs. ass, yeah. Discovery guy. Everything he said, um, the Manchesters know him. Craig Manchester knows him, play golf and says he's a great guy. Um, but everything he said after the the COVID situation up and, and handled it like a pro, like, and then to come back and absolutely stripe it. And listen, you're a lefty, but any righty golfer out there knows if you have a left to right putt, especially on Poana Greens, times a million in the U.S. Open, to can both of those and pumpernickel it, like, that was Tiger-like, man. That was, that was tiger -like. fucking, I was like, holy shit, this, I'm seeing something special here. Yeah, yeah, and even if he had to two-putt one of those, he still put a little pressure on the guys coming in. But the fact that both go in, I mean, it it pretty much solidified his his championship. I mean, I I didn't see anyone stepping up no. and making a couple birdies coming in. It was just the conditions were too hard. Uh, there was no one really like vibing and really feeling their game down the stretch. And um, you know, it's 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 good for the highlights. Good for him as a young player uh, with first Spaniard to win a to win a U.S. Open. So that's huge and. Um, just it's good on golf. Good on golf for a young guy like that to step up and, and take down a championship. Did you happen to see the putter Rom, Rom was using? It looked like the old Odyssey, like, we got to get a picture of that. Princey can be pulled up. But is, it looked like the old it, Odyssey, like, yeah. mallet one. Is yeah, that what you call it? It is an Odyssey because he's Cleveland guy, right? Well, now he's Callaway. Oh, he was, Callaway he, guy. He was, I mean. he was tailor-made, and then he went yeah. to Callaway. But it just looked like, remember that old Odyssey putter they first yeah. had back in the day when we were kids? Yeah, the two-ball? The two-ball. Yeah. No, no, like the like the half kind of mallet one. Okay, okay, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyways. How I was about, a blade guy. How about DeChambeau? I was like, I after the that. front nine, I'm like, this fucking guy's going to do it again to me. He's going to ruin my Sunday here. You know, I just ordered some Postmates, bear flag. I'm like, this guy's going to ruin my fucking Sunday. <laughs> and then he turned into Shane O'Brien on the back dive. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was beautiful. He started just <laughs> spraying it everywhere. The only so. thing with that is you don't have you don't have an opportunity to just start drinking if you start your game goes bad. Fuck, it was so funny. That David Faraday, he hit one. He blocked one. <laughs> or hit over the green on 13, the par 5. Remember the par 5? That's the one you're talking about, Rory hitting the... the, the oh, that's the one, 13. He hit it fucking... He hit it in the rough, hit in the rough again, hit in the bunker, and then fucking drilled, bladed it over the bunker. And he went up there, and his ball was sitting beside a Stella, an empty case of Stella, Stella cans. Can, and yeah. Faraday's like, he's going to get relief from the cart path and those Stella cans. But he may want to drink one of those Stella cans <laughs> or something. So. 
Uh, I had my money on Max Homa every which way. He didn't he didn't have a great showing, but our shout out to our boy. Uh, and then my big bet was was um, Kepka. It was Kepka to beat fucking Bryson DeChambeau, and it didn't look good down the stretch. Kepka finished first. Yeah, uh, you know, with a few holes for Bryson to play. Uh, I think Kepka was minus two. Well, what an effort to to come back to from Kepka. I love the way he played, and then just watching him watching that cheap tent fold like that was was absolutely <laughs> perfection so a little 500 dollars credit for the for the boys at missing curfew there i love that you that you bet both those guys because that's like the biggest rivalry in golf right now um but you didn't put any money on ram because you took i, I gave, know i took fuck I, I, I was hammered the night we were the night before the thing trying to trying to get in some bets before bed with an early tea time like you oh, said 70, i even got up fucking before my tea time to get a swim in thursday and i still shot fucking a million but u.s open never disappoints hey tory pines I think they should come back there. That was, you don't have to worry. One thing about Cali, you don't have to worry about the weather, mm-hmm. right? You know, like sometimes on the East Coast, it rains, it course gets soft. I thought it was a great US Open. So congrats to Rombo. Maybe Manchester invite us. Well, you're Discovery guy. I guess out there and yeah, play with him maybe, right? We should. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he comes down and plays at, at the boys' track in Palm, Palm Desert all the time. Toscana. Yeah. So we got to get out there with him there. This little ride for us. I agree. Up dog, shout out to these beauties. They just won their men's league. They're called the Hell Skells. They're from Hell's Kitchen. Uh, they're firefighters from New York. Tough motherfuckers. Tough motherfuckers. All year they've been giving out this guy fucks t-shirts to the player of their game. And I think the guy gets and I think the guy bangs down a pink Whitney as well. So you get a this guy fucks shirt, you get a pink Whitney. Um, and they won the league. Their goalie, I guess, absolutely kicked. He got the this guy fucks shirt. <laughs> it's awesome to see these guys because they're just beauties. They're fucking built like me. They got fucking <laughs> barrels and they're just hanging out fucking. Um, but listen, man, congratulations to them. And we're gonna do something. We don't want to announce it yet. What's but their we'll, Instagram? Um, what is? Oh, that's okay. We'll we'll have yeah. Princey post. We'll, we'll have Princey but yeah, post. Shout out to the boys there. Congrats. Congratulations. Anytime you take down a championship, no matter what it is, boys are out there getting laid. So and, <laughs> and they're firefighters, so you know they're you know they're good guys as well. So yeah. congrats, boys. Um, up dog, you called this at the start of the year when the retro jerseys first came out. Um, you said the Colorado Avalanche one was the best one by far. And fuck, were you right? Voted by I believe the players and the fucking media. Uh, or maybe probably a players. few babes out there who, who might want to attend some games at some point. They won the best retro jersey. Just your thoughts on it. It would have been cool. You said before we came on air here, imagine Colorado played Montreal. If it would be Vegas, we could have had that retro jersey of the Nordiques against the Habs. That was a that was a tweet sent out, I think, by someone. I don't know. It was maybe Carey was it Price. Rick Rowley that said something about something, that? Yeah, I think it was, it was an we talk about player. that. Oh, was it? Okay. But uh, an absolute... Um, yeah, shelling of a competition. The, I think right from day one, I knew that that white with the purple, the Nordique, was coming at you. It's coming at you hard. It was. And lucky for us, we got to see it at Tahoe. You know, the day they walked out underneath that tunnel on the lake in the mountains, uh, I knew that that was the jersey. That was the one I wanted. Uh, whether it was getting a, a McKinnon or... Landy. Yeah, or Landy. Or Bull Byram. Bull Byram. What a boy, Byram never got a fucking up, another chance. I had the him to win the rookie. It's still in my bets here. It says the Calder Cup. Uh, they just announced the Calder, Calder, Calder trophy. trophy. No, they just announced. Okay, so it's coming up. It's so coming then up. my bet will lose because <laughs> I, I think I had like a 200 to win, you know, maybe four grand. I wonder if he played. Did he play the, like not enough games that he could be a rookie next year? I wonder. Let's it, hope. Let's hope. Because then, then that bet stays in then there. Then the bet stays in there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I talked to my one buddy in Colorado about why Bo didn't play against Vegas. Because I was like, why don't you throw him in there? And they're like, ah. Just, you, can't, you can't mess with the head injuries. The head injuries, Plus, he's young. And just to yeah. throw him in there against Vegas? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck Those that. are big boys. Those are big boys. Mm-hmm. So, um, that jersey did some fucking to the abs out there. If you want to send us one at Missing Curfew, we will take it. The updog called it right away. Hey, have you ever been out in Quebec City? I know you played there. Yeah. Have you partied there? I mean, it depends what like age have, I was. Like, have you ever, ever been there when we were older? Like, no. 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 I hear good things. I hear great things. I mean, I bet you our boy Russ Corn will tell us a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty for sure. Maybe we'll make our way out to Quebec City before the next one. Yeah. Uh, Uppy, the great one who, you know, obviously we have a lot of respect for, you played for, um, him and DJ, and I believe one other guy, I can't remember who it is right now, but they're bringing a lacrosse, an NLL team to the Las Vegas, to T-Mobile. I saw a video of the great one. He was Man, he's it. got some hands. Fuck, he's got some hands still. I was like, is this thing edited or something? Like, he was catching them. He's, he know, went behind, behind the back, behind yeah. the neck, fucking... Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think uh, sports franchises right now are coming back, and they're going to come back with a vengeance. I think new technology is going to help uh, help the sport in every which way. I think people are excited to get out and watch something live again, Obes, with their kids, with their families. Things are opening up. Las Vegas, in particular, you know, we were there a couple of weeks ago. I'd like to go back for the finals uh, if they make it. Yeah, and um, we will. Yeah, uh, for for me, I've never seen a I've never seen a lacrosse game live. Fuck, they're great. I used I, to go. I, to, I used to go to the Toronto Rock ones in the NLL, and back in the day, I used to go to the Peterborough Lakers games. They would play like the Six Nation boys, and it would be like full on hockey fights, like fucking going toe to toe. It was unbelievable. It's a great sport. I actually played box lacrosse growing up. That's why I probably got so many cross checking penalties. Are they trying to soften up that sport too? Do we know? Probably. I mean, probably, probably. Are you still allowed to whack a guy in the arm? You're still allowed to slash. They can't take slashing out of it, but you I, can't, I, I right? don't think there's as much fighting as there used to be. Yeah. But these NLL guys, I met a couple of them when I played in Denver. There was a team in Colorado and these guys give these guys credit up because obviously they don't make what NHL guys do, but they work all week. They come in for the weekend. They practice Thursday. They play, you know, whatever it was, Friday, Sunday. And then I would see them out, you know, Sunday night in Denver before their flight back that next morning. And, just great guys. They work hard. They 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 sacrifice to do it. So good on the great one. I wish it nothing but the best. Maybe we'll go to Vegas for your first NNL. Hundred percent. Yeah, Maybe so. they need a couple guys to come in and do some uh, you know some color. Remember when remember when Biz went? I was, tri- epic. I was thinking about that. <laughs> Biz went and tried out for the Vancouver. He went one. and tried out an epic piece of entertainment <laughs> um, content, as he would call it. Yeah, that that was great. Oh, the he, office when he shatters the the manager's computer and everything. Oh, he just did. Yeah, I saw something he just posted. It was fuck. He's a good actor, man. He's a good uh, actor. On the he, Budweiser, he we'll goes, give him a shout out. On the Budweiser barbecue. Yeah, he show. goes. He goes. Oh yeah, Biz. You're saying there's no such thing as barbecue insurance. He goes. Shut your pie hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, great one. Good on you, Rusty. We'll get out for a fucking game in Vegas and play the Summit. Maybe that'd be. A, yeah, 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 for sure. Uppy, this is no disrespect to Jason Spezza because I thought he had a great year. I thought he was the, one of the Leafs' best players in the playoffs. It's probably why they didn't win the series. But Kyle Dudemus gives them one year, 750. And I get it, they're up against the cap. But we've talked about fourth lines throughout this whole playoff. If Spezza's going to play on their third line, then I think it's a good contract. But if he's going to be a fourth line guy, I just don't understand how Kyle Dudemus can watch these playoff games, the teams like New York Islanders, Vegas Golden Knights, Tampa Bay Lightning, I guess the big rig's on the Tampa Basel, but he still finishes his checks and plays hard, protects the puck. But you need speed, physical play. I just, I don't know if Spez is the right guy unless he's going to play on their third line. Yeah, you need some sandpaper. Yeah. Sandpaper, you need speed. They need to be glue guys because you got to count on these guys to go out and sacrifice themselves. And and, and like you said, this is nothing against Spezza. No. I think the signing is a little premature. I don't think anyone's really trying to step up to the plate for Jason Spezza. 
They're not going to be protecting him, you know, in the Seattle expansion draft. Um, to me, they needed to address an area they haven't yet. Uh, and that area being like secondary guys that can go and, and completely muck yeah. and, and get dirty and show, show that, you know, t- take on, take on some responsibility when your top guys aren't going and you want to go out and, you know, cause havoc. Yeah. You know, I, you look up and down Tampa's lineup. They got they got guys that you, and you just said it. That that Yanni Gord is a guy that Fuck, fucking he played good last puts night. his face right in the mix and sco- goes to the net, scores a goal. Uh, Sorelli bringing that pucks to the net. Like these are all guys that kind of play the same movies, but it's fast, it's hard, uh, it's in your face, and it's it's kind of what wins. And and we see it year after year. I mean, the year the St. Louis Blues won the cup, it was it was. You know that their their top line so, was I know, and the, Steen, Barbershev, and fucking uh, the fourth line, Sunquist and Sunquist, unbelievable but, but fourth line, but almost their best fucking line. Mm-hmm. So uh, that wins, and I don't care what people say. Got to have got to have confidence down your backside, uh, and they can't be just guys that that can score goals on the power play. Well said, and that's what I think of it. And listen, I was, I played against Spez, and so did you. And from what I've heard, he's a he's the nicest guy in the world. He made me look silly early in my career, and he played great for them. I'm just looking at it from Kyle Dubas' perspective. If that guy plays in your fourth line, it's like, what? Like you just you're not going to learn your lesson here. So, um, to me, up is something I wanted to bring up to you because we'll see how it unfolds. If he plays the power play third line, I think it's a good signing. But you need sandpaper and speed on that fourth line. Uh, our boy at missing curfew, Milan Lucic. Big Luch, 10 years since they won the cup. So he takes not one, but two Stellas out front of Rogers Arena. Oh, fuck, he had him in his pocket, fuck I think. He drank those yeah. quick, didn't he? Yeah, it's like uh, he smashed his one, and then the next one came out of like what looked like his fucking, the, the little, you know, pill pocket on his drum. I'm like, God, and those are fucking big beers. Stellas, he just fucking one timed them. Good for him. But it made me realize, Uppy, that year I had played Nashville. I got traded the start of that year. And you know, I already went through it in Anaheim, right? They won the Stanley Cup after I got traded to Tampa. And now I get traded to Nashville and Vancouver beats us out in the second round. And here they go in the Stanley Cup finals. And I'm going, not again. Like, I'm not that bad of a guy that I got to yeah, live yeah. through this again. Yeah. Right? So game seven, I go up to Hollywood with loops. We go to goal at Collins' bar. So I walk in there. And, of course, there's some Canucks fans in there. Right? And they're like, oh, we were going to win this game tonight. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm going for the Bruins. So they're all over me right away. And I just remember Timmy fucking Thomas standing on his head and kicking and then winning the game. And me, like, every time they scored, just hitting Connolly and loops on the table yeah, yeah. being like, thank God. So, Luch, Canucks fans, I'm sorry, but when you get traded up, you can contest to this. You don't want your former team to win the cup, especially when they beat you in the playoffs. No, that's right. That's right. So, shout out to Luch. That was epic. I've seen him slam uh, more things than just a couple Stellas. Yeah. I was in Miami with him when uh, he had the the nice vino, a nice, real nice bottle of vino in the in the decanter and fuck he could put it back would he drink it right out of it right out of the decanter. <laughs> i mean his hands are his hands are bigger than yours so he just it, it looked like it was just a you know a pint glass and fuck he could just throw her back so shout out to our boy luch uh epic on you missing curfew princey had to get that video up and and add it for the Princey, public. you're the fucking man by yeah, the way good hey, job, boys. so he chugged her right out of the decanter right, oh yeah right out of the that decanter. is a fucking national slung, slung her back I think Luch is going to end up in Seattle. I think he wants to. I think they want him. I think he'll maybe be the first captain of Seattle Kraken. I just, just, I'm just throwing it out there. Speaking of throwing it out there, I'll be, I threw something out there yesterday on the power play with my boy Cools. Something that I have, I had heard from a couple guys, Jimmy Scoops being one of them. He had mentioned it to me that to Chuck would love to play in St. Louis. He's a perfect fit there. Calgary, it's time for a change up there. And I said that maybe him. For you know, Vladdy Tarasenko, and obviously it would take more than just Tarasenko. And then 
the shitstorm happened. Everyone was tweeting at me. But what are your thoughts? Could this happen? I think he's a great fit for the St. Louis Blues. The way he plays, obviously a hometown boy. His dad played there. Listen, it's it's probably what he wants. It doesn't always happen, as we know in hockey. But is this something you could maybe see happen in the offseason? Of course. Yeah. If people don't think so, they're blind. And, you know, I know people are bored up there. But they're not blind. <laughs> they are bored because they they're were bored. I had people from from Cowtown being all over me this morning. I was like, Jesus. Um, so no, the, it, it, I think you know we all know Big Walt and how his, he speaks his mind. He's a pretty entertaining guy. Spent most of his tenure in, in St. Louis. His kids still live there. Yeah. Um, so for anyone to think that this isn't something that maybe is in the back of Matthew's Matthew's mind is, I, th- I think they're just a little you know a little gullible or yeah. a little you know, naive, unrealistic. Yeah. But um, what would it take, Obes? I don't know. I think it, if you make this happen, if the St. Louis Blues can make this happen, I think it would be a big, um, it would be a big move for them. I think in the right direction. I think Calgary would ask for a lot. Be a young kid. Be like a Jordan Cairo. Yeah, that's it'd exactly be, who I was going to say. Be with with maybe Vladdy's rest of his deal just to see if Vladdy can go, uh, can go put up 30, 40 goals again. I think he can if he stays healthy yeah. in a different spot. I think. In, I think. Vladdy needs to kind of get out of his comfort zone in St. Louis. He's got his big house there. Um, you know, he's been there almost 10 years. So it's, uh, it yeah. could be time for a move, maybe for the best for, for both. But it probably had to be money in, money out too, right? That's why what, I, what kind of term can – Matthew Tuchuk comes with term. He's, he's going to be – Well, re-up. he's looking to resign. He's going to be re yeah, You're not so, just going to give this guy a two-year no, so deal. he's got one year left on his deal. Yeah. And then you're going to have to pay him, what, eight? Something like that. Maybe more. Maybe more. Yeah. Maybe more. If it, so if, that's why I was saying Vladdy goes the other way to get him off the books in St. Louis, but he has a no trade. I don't believe he has a no move. I think he has a no trade. So that all, all that means is Seattle could maybe scoop him in the fucking expansion draft, right? Because they, yeah. they could unprotect him and Seattle says we'll take the big Russian. Yeah, that's and that I don't know if if Army's up for our, our Army's a pretty, you know, thorough, uh well thought out guy. Like he he doesn't make bad decisions, I don't think, when it comes to keeping his players or letting players go or buying players out. He's always I, I think he's got a record where Obi he hasn't bought out any of his signings, his free agent signings since he's been there. What a guy. Yeah. So fuck you would have loved you, bud. No shit. <laughs> um you know, and then and then look at like their defense core. Who who are they gonna keep? Who are they gonna are they gonna keep, you know, in this expansion draft? Do they would you trade Colton Pranko for in the Tachuk trade? Would you throw him in there? I I wouldn't. I think he was hurt this year, and I think he has a lot more upside being a younger guy and his size. I think he, when he's healthy, he's probably one of the best shutdown D men in the league. And those guys, you can't replace the shot. You can't replace that no. shot. Um, I'm just thinking of a guy that that's a guy Calgary may be like. Well, all right, we want him because Gio's getting a little long in the tooth. Who knows what's going to happen with him? Yeah, and he's an Alberta boy. That's yeah, big time. You know what I mean? So what about Tory Krug? Are they happy with Tory Krug? I I can just say from my personal opinion on Tory Krug, I thought it was a great signing. You broke the signing. You broke, I, you, I bro- mean, you broke the news. I, I had thought- a good feeling that they were bringing in someone that could handle some power play time and be an offensive guy. And that's that that was why Tory Krug's name got brought up. Um, he wasn't there to replace Petro. I don't think no one could replace the two-way, um, you know, eat the minutes type of guy that Petro is. And I don't think they tried to. I just think they tried to add a, a quality guy and they had to pay for it. But, you know, Tory Krug comes with a price tag. And was he, you know, was he up to that price tag this year is my question. Yeah, I'm going to say he wasn't. And I thought Uppy, 
and I was wrong too, with Petrangelo leaving town, I thought with Falk and Krug that that would fill the void. And you make a great point that uh, Pranko was hurt all year. That changes everything. I'm going to give Krug the benefit of the doubt. You've been in Boston forever. You sign a big ticket. You come to a new team. There's COVID. You can't really, totally. you can't really get comfortable. You, you know, you're fucking here and there. So many guys. I think with a, a year of training, another year of training, but where you can just get back to neutral, come into training camp with fans, with everything normal, go out for beers with the boys, because I think he's one of those guys. I think he, he bounces back. And the Tuchuk thing that makes sense, and you know Army better than me, is the Blues window is, I think, two or three more years. Right, I think they're like the bees. They got two or three more years to win another one, and I think Army knows that. So I think if you could bring Tuchuk in in his prime right now and throw him in that team, he's the way he plays. He's a perfect St. Louis Blue. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't that window. Uh, fuck, you, you I think don't know it's about that window. Not, no, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I think Robert Thomas needs to be way better than he has been. I, I, agree. I think him winning early in his career maybe has made him feel a little like you know this is easy. Yeah, I already got my cup. Uh, I got my cup. I I, I don't. Robert Thomas to me isn't good enough to even you know be put in that category as a top two centerman uh, in the league yet. So I they agree. need they need to address that. Schwartz, Jaden Schwartz played with a torn oblique in the playoffs. He could barely skate. He's a free agent. Do they that keep what was him? Wrong? Yeah, torn oblique. Yeah, couldn't even. Can't, he can't he golf. He can't do anything right now. And he, that's wasn't the worst. Bu- he wasn't buzzing. Like he couldn't. He buzz. couldn't be Schwartzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Braden Shen is Shen going to be able to push? You know, push the envelope and and play. Beyond his years, you know, he's... Can his body hold up? Can his body hold he up? Hold, he plays fucking He hard. plays great with a guy like Schwartzy. Yeah. You know, Schwartzy makes everyone around him better. To me, the St. Louis Blues, it, it, this year will be a big test to see if they can uh, contend, you know, yeah. be a contending team again. If they can bounce back. Yeah. And I think I think Army wants to do something big, and I think Tuchuk wants it to happen. I think Calgary needs... I think Tree Living's feeling the pressure in Cowtown. Yeah. I just think there's something brewing there. Time will tell. Um, up dog, we were in Vegas and probably the third morning when I woke up, my eyes probably didn't look perfect, but this fucking Petrie's eyes in game <laughs> two, did you hear what happened? Was it anything to do with his hand injury or like his eyes were redder than, I don't even yeah. like, like it was bad. I was like, Jesus, when I turned the game on, did, did you hear anything about it or is just, no, I, I never did. I, it was, I don't know, man. Maybe he's allergic to something, you know. That Maybe there was a cat running around the dressing room. I don't know. That would he, fuck my eyes up. He, he looked like he's at the Spearman Rhino until fucking 7 in the morning. Yeah, and but, well, well, or the Chaperie in Montreal. Because <laughs> uh, it was in Montreal, game four. I, no, I, but he came back in game two. He came back in game two. His, his eyes, eyes were, were still mangled. His eyes were as red as that fucking thing Oh, then that's you. the answer right there. I don't know. It was, was a just... smoke. It was smoke going on <laughs> in, in the Rhino. I don't know what it was, but I turned the game on. I was like, Jesus, man. And... and you know what? Give him credit. He's been playing great since he came back. I mean, remember? he has. He makes their team a better team. Yeah. Um, Get some Visey, though, bud. He, he's he's eaten minutes from from Shabbat, 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 and Shabbat Webbs. Webbs, Edmondson, your boy Edmondson. I say it every week. He's been unbelievable. Yeah, he plays this. Fuck, he makes tough. a good first pass. He rips it. God, I like that. Yeah, you know, like he's just old school. Fuck yeah, and he just he's fucking a good fucking. He's a Winnipeg boy. He, he just, just buried him. somebody from behind the other night, game three. Like <laughs> cross checked the guy. Right. The ref was just right there, let him go, which which I'm okay with. But. I I like the fact of watching Eddie grow up as a as a player, watching him win, watch him get traded now a few times. It's never easy. No, I like the way he's just turned into to a confident, you know fucking stay at home d-man that just makes the right plays he always used to jump up and like semi get in, tr- in trouble for it from the coaches or whatever but he's able to do that now he solidified himself exactly. and i just like to see that um you know i'd like to see a young guy that i had under my wing 
you know, going out, likes his beers. I like to see a guy that just fucking finds his place and, you know, makes a name for himself. And, you know, he's coming up on, on you know, thinking he meant Mr. Game 7. He's still that guy. I mean, he's made a name for himself. So, um, up dog, let's talk some Vegas. We'll, we'll get back to Montreal. Vegas, Robin Leonard starts Game 4. I heard the rumblings, obviously, like everyone else on social media, uh, you know, because... The thing on Flurry is, and we had Gary Lawless on the power play yesterday. Flurry, if he gets tired, that's been the knock on him his whole career. If he gets tired, he gets sloppy. Mental mistakes. Mental mistakes like we saw in game three. Leonard starts game four, and he says this up. He says, I take my own bus to the barn four hours before the game. Four hours. And I got there, and I went on social media, and I read all the fucking things you guys were saying about me, and it motivated me. First of all, I know you like getting the rink early, but that's a little early for me. And just social media, like... Would, would you ever use it to fuel you? And what are your thoughts on Leonard? And, and I mean, this guy's got a chip on his shoulder. I mean, yeah, honestly, I would use it to fuel me. I'd be in my DMs. That's 100%. <laughs> I'd fucking fire me That's up true. like no one's business. That's true. Now, That's true. I don't think I had enough hate, you know, going on in my app mentions, in my social media platforms to have any sort of inspiration to go out and fucking, you know, do something that I didn't want to do to these guys just from pure hatred and pure competition. Mm-hmm. Um, four hours. Four hours. How many fucking sticks and fucking hot do? packs? Where do you, you sit get? for four I'd hours? I drink fucking ten cups of coffee if I was there for four hours. <laughs> you would probably chew two two uh, of these tins I of Canada. I would chew dips. fucking three tins of Canada lip boomers everywhere. I mean, listen, I I was a second bus guy. You're beating the coaches there if you go four hours. You're beating though. the trainers there. The trainers are even having a shutdown at that time, aren't they? That would actually piss the trainers off because they're <laughs> supposed to be there before you. Speaking of trainers, Frosty went to a Foo Fighters concert at MSG. Did he? Yeah. He sent us a pic, Frosty, the man. Oh, nice. They brought up David Chappelle to, to sing Creep. He actually did a pretty good job. Oh. Yeah. Creep by Radiohead? Creep by Radiohead. Sweet. Yeah. A little cover? A little cover. 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 Foo Fighters, MSG. First concert back there. Frosty was there. You beauty. Uh, but yeah, it could piss the trainers off <laughs> because that's the only time they get to relax. Yeah, that and when, uh, you know, when they're getting that free meal at the rookie dinner. Absolutely. So game five is tonight. Leonard or Flurry? no one knows yet. Who do you think is going to start game five? I mean, Leonard played great, Obes. He played he unbelievable. He stood up, fucking stood in there in Montreal in front of fucking 3,000 fans, and he kicked, and it worked, and they got to where they need to be. It's a best of three series. Who starts for me? If, if Flurry's rested... I think it's a conversation that the coach sits with him and has. Um, and I think Fleury's a competitor. I, I could be completely wrong here, but I, w- I want to say Fleury starts. I, you know what? And it's not, it's not uh, I mean, it's a great, I agree with it. Because Pete DeBoer came out and said after the game that the reason he didn't start Fleury was for rest. So if it's rest, and now Fleury's rested with a couple of days off, and we saw it, Uppy, in Vegas. They love that. They love Fleury. I mean, when they announced it before the game, I, it wouldn't surprise me if if I'm Pete DeBoer, which I'm not, I would go back to Leonard just because, fuck, he looked big in the net. Hot hand. He looked big in there. Like, I don't know. He looked big. He, he, he's, I, I don't know. I would go back to him. It'd be interesting to see. Shout out to Braden McNabb. This guy fucks. I mean, he had three or four open ice hits in oh, game three or four that you don't clean. see. Like Rob Blake coming back, ass boom. Like, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, exploding. Scored a big goal in game four. Yeah. Uh, I love this kid, and um, let's send him a T-shirt. We should. And what's Al- your What's your address? Alex Tuck. I want to say something about Alex Tuck. Listen, you're big, you're skilled, you're fast. You got an unbelievable shot. Take the fucking puck to the net. All right. Enough going around out the outside up to the blue line. 
Get your, like you said, Sorelli for Tampa yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah. You see Take that? that fucking thing there. You know, you did it. Go to the net. Yeah, you're going to get hit. Yeah, you're going to get a stick in the face. Yeah. But you're going to create a rebound. And you get a chance to barrel fucking carry Price Barrel over. him right over. Tons. And guy like Upshaw or come to the net behind you, I'll bang it in. I, I love his game. I think, and listen, it's not easy. Going to the blue paint, it's not easy. Shea Weber's waiting for you there. Petrie's waiting for you. You're going to get hit. But Embrace I've just had shit. enough of this shit of him going around and around in circles. Yeah. So to him. And Embrace what, the pain. Embrace tuck, the Diddy. pain talk. We need it. And Uppy, real quick to close out Vegas, their power play. I was not a power play guy. You were early in your career. What have you seen? For me, I just don't see enough one-timers. But well, what's your thoughts on their power play? Because it's it's not only struggling, Updog. It's costing them momentum in games. When they, They'll get a power play, and then the momentum will go back to Montreal. Four for 37 in the playoffs. Uh, and the fact that you're just in the third round is is shocking yeah. you don't you don't you don't advance when you can't rely on on getting a man advantage for either just momentum like you just said mm-hmm. or to get a goal man in timely goals this team is better off just to play five on five or to create momentum on a penalty kill so it has to be addressed for me obi i look at it i'm not you know i haven't broke down x's and o's i used to actually a lot being a penalty killer down the stretch yeah uh, and figuring out you know how to disrupt a good pp but for me, it starts with, uh, you know, P- Petro to me um, and Shay Theodore are two guys that that walk the line almost as good as anybody. Fuck, they can walk the line. But it, it's it's creating traffic. It's being in front of Carey Price's eyes. If he sees it, he stops it. Um, it's second and third opportunities to me. Uh, and I've said this before. A good power play is winning a draw and taking a fucking shot within the first three or four seconds. So you're just getting out high, boom to the middle and pound it. And pound it. I agree. Make the penalty killers turn and face their goalie and panic. Then things open up. Seams open up. You get the puck back. Don't win the draw. Kind of all get in position. Put it to the half wall. Fucking boom, boom. Two guys at the net. Shoot it. Create a little fucking havoc. Um, It's a great point by you. And as a PK guy, and I was myself, the worst thing for the PK guys is havoc. Or having to block a shot off your foot right off the bat. If you keep it, if you keep going like around the box for PK guy, as you afford, we love it. But you pounded the middle and now there's traffic and pucks and bodies. Fucked if I know who I got, right? So I agree with you. Get it out there and pound it. Shea Theodore, I love you, Theo. Shoot the puck with a purpose. Take the fucking head cover off, right? Lean on it. Yeah. Yeah. Lean on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because obviously we're pulling for Vegas, right? I got so much money on Vegas. If they lose this series, I'm fucked up, Shaw. They got nah, they're winning. All right. Yeah. So shoot the puck, Theo. We love you. Petro. Get to the net. Get to the net, boys. Stone. Patrick Stoner. Come, Come on. on. Come on. Montreal. Um, to the fans of Montreal, I saw the, you know, before game three outside the Bell Center and after game three. There wasn't a whole lot of social distancing going on there. It was a fucking... It's Montreal, the old days. Everyone was just thumping everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I don't want to take anything away from Carey Price, Shea Weber, Edmondson, Corey Perry, Stahl, Mark Bergeron for bringing veteran guys in. I mean, Perry's face right now is great, right? Oh. He's got a fucking chin. He's loving it. But let's be honest. They're fucking boring to watch. They sure are. Right? But you said it before we came on the air. It wins, doesn't it? It works. Is there something wrong with hockey that that wins, or is that just... Uh, I mean, fucking the New Jersey Devils and the fucking uh, Lou Lamarillo days. It's defensive defensive hockey wins. And and a good coach will tell you at the start of the year, you keep the other team to one or two goals, you're going to win most of the games, Obes. Yeah. Uh, They put us to sleep watching it. (laughs) They put the other teams to sleep trying to play it. That's true. And... Come the end of the game when you have a good goalie and your guys play hard. And to me, I think uh, boring hockey is is only boring when 
you completely shut down the offense. Now, yeah, if you look at the way Gallagher plays, that's not boring. <laughs> to me, Gallagher plays like a champion in the playoffs. He steps up. He puts his face in the fucking fight, uh, which Absolutely. you can tell. Just look at him. Uh, greasy stash. But he plays like a champ every shift, and it works. And to me, Cole Caulfield is a world-class offensive player, Obi, And he is, to me, the standout uh, MVP uh, for offensive play for for you know Montreal, I, I think he's he's made everyone around him better. To Foley in the first series, uh, right now he is making um, what's his name better? Who scored the fucking Josh two goals. Anderson? That's he's who making I, Josh Anderson I'm better give, right now. I'm going to give Josh Anderson some love as well. He's he's playing hard. He's playing hard. He's going to the hard areas. He's creating fucking chances with his skating. Um, and to me, those guys. Right now are are the ones that are, are stepping up for Montreal when they're play boring and they shut them down. These guys play good offensively. They're going to find a way to score a couple goals, and that's that's the trouble that uh, Vegas finds. And listen, I, if I was on the Montreal Canadiens, I'd be playing the same boring hockey. I'm talking as a podcast guy now with you and a fucking fan of the game when I watch it. I'm like, yeah. but it wins. And Josh Anderson in Game Four had ten hits. I mean, he has to continue that. I love that kid. Mark Bergevon, what a fucking pickup from Columbus. No disrespects to Max Domi because I like Max too. But Josh Anderson, 10 hits. Game three got him going with the two goals. It was the flurry miscue. But hey, sometimes you need a little luck. So um, I don't want to take anything away from those veteran guys. I love veteran guys. Webs, I love you. Pairs, keep her going. Just sometimes I got to fucking wake up, you know, <laughs> halfway through the fucking first period. Um, up dog, love you. U.S. Open, what a time. We got our boy, Broadway Jimmy Scoops Hayes. Up dog. Obes. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew, our boy. Scoopsy Broadway Jimmy Hayes. What's up, boys? How's uh the Father's Day weekend for you guys? I had an awesome weekend until uh Sunday night. Sunday night on the way home, got into a little uh car crash, boys. So everyone's good, but the Jesus. wifey uh took a little took a little heat from that thing. God damn. Did you bust your nose, by the way? You did, eh? No, not me. That my nose is always just. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> this nose always looks like that. Well, yeah. we're glad you're all right. My Father's Day was uh, bear flag and U.S. Open, but up you had a nice one, right? I did, I did, Jimmy. Um, you know, for me, it was my first, my inaugural uh, Father's Day. I was, I was, um, you know, Izzy came in the room at about seven thirty, jumped on my bed. I hadn't been asleep for too long because it was a long weekend, <laughs> but uh, it was beautiful. Um, you know, lots of praise. It was nice talking to my dad, my brother, who's a father as well. Um, and then just kind of being part of a, of a cool group. And you've been part of that group for yeah. a few years now. But um, nonetheless, a beautiful day uh, to be alive. I'm happy that you guys are all okay up there. Yeah, fucked up. Scary. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Scary we got to be looking out for missing curfew and all their family. For, so we're happy that you guys are good. First of all, the my dad, P Pitter, I talked to him and he's like, yeah, you had to tell a story about me being drunk, didn't you? So Pitter, <laughs> I did too. Pitter, I'm sorry, too. buddy. I love you. Happy Father's Day. I, I, I couldn't have done it without you, fella. I just, the people want to hear the drunk stories, Pitter, all right? And let's be honest. Yeah, they love them. The apple they doesn't fall them. far from the tree, buddy. So me and you are in this together. But <laughs> Scoopsy, let's get right into it. What's going on in the East or whatever they want to call it. Did, first of all, did you take Tampa last night? I did. I did. I, I'm back on the winning tracks here, but I had a tough, tough week last week with Vegas, Montreal. Just that Vegas is big, big favorites and lose two in a row. That's gonna, that's I gonna know. make the bookie happy. So I love taking the heat too from the fans. Keep giving it to me. 
But Berard, I'll be giving out picks this week because now I got two wins in a row. I think I'm back. So let's go. Berard was texting me uh, before game five, being like, who's hazy on the night? Who's hazy on the night? Because he was, he was going to go the other way. So just your thoughts on the game five, Scoopsy. I mean, you know, Tampa was humming. What did you think of it? Man, I, this Braden point, he is just a special talent. Like, I, I knew he was good. He was coming on the scene even like last year. But what he's doing right now is insane. And he's just fine in the back of the net. And you know, I just, I think this kid is like, he just separated himself. What is it, like eight games in a row? We need two more games to get the tie the record. But his his presence and, and their goaltending, it's just, you know, that's going to be a tough team to beat. And I don't know what the Islanders are going to do now. You, you bring in the backup goalie last night. He gives up four, like, what does Barry Trotz do? Just fucking flip a coin for game six? Like these kids, no confidence, but I don't know, I'm i scared for the Islanders right now. Steven Stamko scoring two goals. Kalorn's been a beast all playoffs. This is, this is, uh, I think the Islanders are in trouble. Let's start with point. I mean, if you're a right-handed shot, let's say Mitch Marner, Mitchy boy, I don't know where you are, what you're doing, but maybe watch <laughs> this guy's game because I'm yep. not saying it's easy uppy. But he, he obviously he has skill through the roof, Braden Point. And we all know Mitch Marner has skill probably more than Braden Point. But he goes to the net. He gets in the dirty areas. He finishes his checks. Yes. I mean, he just gets rewarded. He's like a super uh, – he's like a rich man's, you know, Brendan Gallagher. Yeah. Because he is yeah. like he's a – He's got better finish. He, yes. Well said. And he's, and yeah, he's got great hands. But look at the way they play. They play low. They don't play super fancy. They shoot the puck. And quite frankly, they, they – you know, in, in terms of the way they play, they make everyone around them better because they know that they're playing direct hockey. They know where the puck's going to yeah. go. They know if they don't have anything that it gets deep and that it's not this like, you know, turn back fucking sauce pass here. <laughs> it's yeah. it's playoff hockey. And you, you touched on it right. That's a great point. Watch the way he plays. Everyone else, you know, for, for the guys in the league who aren't playing right now and who are golfing, teeing it up. Yeah. And you're not teeing it up at Big Canyon. I, you're teeing <laughs> it up. Watch the way these guys play because they play this fucking deep in the season for a reason. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. It's a great point, Uppy. Like you said, all these kids like Mitch Marner and stuff, they're high-end talents. That, like, I'm not going to question their ability. They're, But like Braden Point, there's no guessing with his game. He's got ridiculous skill and you know what he's doing. He's pulling the puck to the net. He's going to go in on the forecheck. And I think that's the biggest difference in some of these high-end skill guys. You you don't know if he's going to pull up or do a spinorama. He's he's playing it simple, and he and he has the most skill in the world. It's it just makes it so much easier for everyone else on the ice. And he's got great finish, like you great said. Finish. Fuck yeah. the one he scored the other night where he went short side top titty, like where he's in tight and fucking <sighs> flipped it up there. I mean that that you can't teach, but just everything <laughs> you set up you that he does is so true. So Braden Puck, uh, Braden Point, Braden Fuck, Braden Fuck, you're doing some fucking Braden, Braden Fuck, Puck. You're doing some fucking. <laughs> Stammer, I got to start with Stammer. I'll start first. Listen, I, I think he's, I think something is wrong. I think he's got a bad hand or something because he was fumble fucking the puck all over the place in the previous, you know, two or three games. And even at loops, I was talking to him over the weekend while we were shooting 110. And it was like how the puck was bouncing over a stick and stuff like that. So there was rumors. Obviously, they took him off the top line and put him down with Kilhorn, who's amazing, and Sorelli. And last night, I just thought, Broadway, we'll start with you, but Stammer, the first goal is luck. I said he would score a power play goal just like that. And I mean, what he brings to that team, even if he's struggling, you can't take Steven Stamkos out of your lineup at any means necessary. No, but like you said, he, is he struggling? I think 
it's kind of weird. I've been watching like a lot of the playoffs, obviously, and I the fumble fucking has been huge, like, especially in that uh, Vegas Montreal series. Those we passed the puck back to the D, it was like out of the zone when I think it was like game three or four. I was like never going low to high again. But with Steven Stamkos, he, he might he might be hurt, but I think switching him up and it's almost like a wake up call, kicking the ass. Like we know you're one of the best players in the world. You just got to give us more. And he goes out last night and delivers. And I that's kudos to him. That's being a leader. Yeah, he's just he's been there, and he's a, he's he yeah. plays he plays exactly. for, with confidence. And whether he's hurt, to me, it didn't look like his hand last night because he shot the puck more than anyone. Yeah. But, but would you say he has been fumble fucking? Yeah, and, and that could be anything to me. That could be a shoulder. Yeah, that could be that could be an elbow. Yeah. Could be a, you know, could be a to, shoulder. To me, to me, it doesn't. And, and I, well, the reason I don't think it's his hand is he's not really hitting anyone. He's not finishing like checks and stuff. So that to yeah. me means that it's maybe. Upper body, maybe uh, hip, oblique. Yeah. You know, he's not moving like he does. But he, but the way he shot the puck last night, you know, unless his hand was just taped and he was, you know, just feeling confident and uh, on a couple perk daddies, then he is. <laughs> then, then it was in his hand because last night he played like the Steven Stamkos of you know power play Steven Stamkos that he's always been. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, to the Tampa fans, you had that place rocking. It definitely helps when you score eight. Let's touch on Killorn real quick. Killorn, how do you say it, right? I'm going to get taking some heat. Yeah, there's Killorn. No, there's Killorn. no H in it. Killorn. I fucking saw this guy at Coachella years ago. He was a fucking beauty. He was rolling with a good crew. Uh, I got to spend a little bit of time with him there. But, man, he's one of the most underrated guys right now, Scoopsy. The way he's playing, his energy, his passion, his compete. I mean, it's no secret why he's having success. No, and that's right there, as you said, like, you get rewarded when you play the game the right way. When you're not cheating the game and you're looking for the easy way out, that's when you start struggling. And he's having this success because he goes to the net. Like he goes right to the net again, puck shot at him. They're going in, but that's paying the price and being rewarded. I played against this kid in college. He was at Harvard. So he's probably a wicked smart kid too. Wicked smart. But you like apples? I like those apples. <laughs> I got a number. How do you like them apples? I like them. I mean, but like those he's apples. just, <laughs> but he's just the kid that's, you know, he keeps continuing to impress me every single year. I, I I wasn't sure who he was in college and he goes to the pros and he's been great. I mean, if his contract's coming up here soon, I, I, I don't know what his contract status is, but he's going to put Tampa in a bad spot because he's performing and he's performing <laughs> in the playoffs and that's when you get paid. If you're Kyle Dubas and this guy comes across your table, trade whoever the fuck you can to get this guy because he'd be a perfect fit in Toronto. I don't know why I keep bringing up Toronto. Maybe it's the Ontario boy. I mean, but Hazy, you're right. If I don't know his contract status, whatever, but this guy... Any team would want him up. Yeah, you're right. I think, I think he's making like four and a half. Well, that's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to go to about six and a half, <laughs> seven maybe. But you must love this guy's game. I up. do. I love it. I, I love how he goes into battles and it's body first. Yeah. He protects the puck before he gets it. I used to go get the thing as fast as I can and decide, you know. You went full up, dog. I, totally. Yeah. And sometimes that's not always the best. I, I always wonder why, you know, most guys get a little bit more puck possession than me. <laughs> uh, but, but if you watch him, it's body position and then it's bounce the guy off the puck, get the puck. Then, then get your head up. Then make the right play. If there's nothing there, put it on the fucking net. Shoot for your buddy. Um, but again, his his recipe for for playoff hockey also works, and it's it's led by just hard work, like you guys are saying, and being to me a good guy. To me, yeah. being a good guy's I think the he's better a great way to be. Team guy. Yeah, he's a great team guy. Yeah, they speaking love of, him down there. Speaking of great team guys, I had Ryan Malone text me something today about. I was kind of like. How about where are we going after the match? About what the fuck is going <laughs> on, Oves? He said, 
This is what he said to me. Hey, buddy, the love of the game is coming back around. I want you, Uppy, and Hazy to be part of it. Can you send me your emails, please? Now, what the fuck is Bugsy talking about there? <laughs> the love of the game. The love of the game. <laughs> uh, Bugsy, you got to come on and tell us what that means because when I play with you, our love of the games, it meant different things than getting pucks deep, bud. <laughs> Who knows? It could be a night out. Could I went be, to Prague, Czech Republic tournament. with that guy. Yeah. So Bugsy signs a seven-year ticket for like, whatever, 40-some bananas after he went to the finals of the pit, remember? Yeah. We went to Prague 13 days. He went out 13 straight. And he put on a <laughs> clinic. He's the best hungover player I've ever fucking seen. Uh, anyway, sorry, I got off trap there. Uh, Killorn, you fuck, buddy. We love you here at Mr. Curfew. And up, he had a great crew at Coachella. Like, we're... The boys are like, oh, fuck. All yeah, good, yeah, all for good, sure. So. Tampa, babes. A little segment here from our good friends at Good Life. I got it on. I'm I know you right. got one on. You got a Good Life on, baby? Uh, I got, yeah, I got my Good Life stuff on. I love their stuff. I know, right? I got the shorts on, man. It just feels so good on your nuts, these shorts. Good <laughs> Life bounce back segment. I'll be in playoffs. You know it more than anyone. You put the most playoff games out of us three. You got to bounce back after a loss. And the big Russian, Vasilevsky. <laughs> Look at these fucking numbers. Well, he's 12-0 now, but going into last night, he was 11-0 after a loss with a 1.49 goals against average and a 9.42 save percentage. I mean, Uppy, if you have home ice and you don't lose back-to-back games, my math's not perfect, but you're never going to really lose. Bet the house. Bet the fucking house. But just, <laughs> I mean, the confidence they must have in this guy when they know after a loss that he's going to come out and fucking play like that. Well, I'm going to touch on this too because to me – it's a team sport, and you can't just rely on your goalie in those True. games. True. And Tampa, in yep. those 11 games following a loss, Obes, Tampa has 46 goals for. That means wow. they're pumping in at least four. They're, they're giving them a little run support. They're pumping in four. <laughs> well, now, last night helped because they got eight. Yeah, they got a touchdown, touchdown plus an extra point. I can run it in. Now, but, two play conversion. Yeah, run it in. Run it in yeah, for two. Yeah, that's right. Fucking Fuck. run it in. Whatever my math. But so, so to me, but and that's against the uh, 17 against. So... Vasilevsky's, you know, he's he's done his part, but so has the whole team. So has John Cooper. So has the arena staff keeping the ice fast for these guys that throw That's fucking true. nice crisp biscuits around. That's true. Because Tampa gets hot and humid out there. But yep. they are a team that plays confident when, you know, they get sized up. After a loss, it's when you got to grab your balls and give them a tug. And Tampa, <laughs> Tampa fucking so steps up. So to me, Jimmy, that's that's the difference is uh, is is their overall game, um, and not just goaltending. It's I think it's everyone. Yeah, and it, that comes with experience, and these guys are experienced. A lot of these guys are obviously winners, and I just think uh, when you have a goalie at that caliber, it, it's it's a lot easier as a player to get motivated for the game because you know going in the game, he's going to give you a chance to win. It's kind of like Carey Price in Montreal. You're going to have a shot to win the game. You just got to do your job and show up. And you know what? They've been doing that after losses. The Tampa Bay Lightning are a team not to be fucked with after a loss. It's impressive. It, it goes to show what all you just, what you boys just said. Experience, defending champs, great goaltending, run support. Uh, that was our good life segment, bouncing back. Oppie Tampa is, is a little hot and humid. I remember Torts made us do the three-mile run in September. It was like 105. Oh, that's brutal. Like, Torts, are you fucking nuts? You don't want to get some that should be against blood. the law. <laughs> I'm like, George, I'm going to die out here. Like an Andre Wallace. Fucking. <laughs> um, Broadway, let's talk Islanders. Listen, they're not done. Game six, going back to Uniondale. That place is going to be going fucking bananas. Um, let's talk about the Barzell cross-check. Me and Uppy talked about it before, so we'll start with you. Your thoughts on it. 
Was it five? Is it a fine? Are we going to see him not play game six? If so, then the Islanders are in trouble. I really hope he doesn't get suspended. I I thought, like, yeah, it was a cross-check to the face, but... Was it, though? I, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't think it was that malicious at all. Like, no. I thought the kid kind of took a dive. I thought five minutes was... That was enough. That's all the kid needs. You have five in a the game. There should be no suspension or fine. That's playoff hockey. The kids should have been ready for it. You know, you're sticking each other. And, I mean, I, was it his glove or a stick that hit him? I, I think Barzell will be playing in game six. Yeah, it was – It was. I mean, give Rutu – is that you say his name, the Finn kid, right? You give him credit. Yeah. yeah. He, he sold it. He sold it. Yeah, he, oh, sure he did. He fucking snapped the head back, sold it. Listen, Barzell's got to be careful, you know, doing yes. that at all. He's such an important piece. But I, I think it was probably a two-minute penalty for cross-check, roughing, whatever you want to call it. I didn't think it was five yeah. – it better not be a suspension up dog. Maybe a fine. They might slap him on the wrist. Five grand to Barzell's like fucking five dollars to us. I'd say he gets away with buying this kid a beer after everything's said and done. Buy a soda after the game. That was that was nothing yeah. but a but just a little battle and a guy that never really cross checks anyone just getting a stick up that rode up a guy's arm and hit him in the face. It, it didn't even hurt. No, it couldn't have hurt. And so I want to know if he sold it. Like, was he planning on selling that? Like, well, I think he, they were up oh, so much that they probably. You know what? Take the rest, and if the league like has reason to think it is malicious, and you don't come back, and they think there's a chance you're hurt, it only helps. I mean, it's smart on his on his. I don't know yeah, if he thought. I don't know rest, if he, rest your legs. You guys won the game, and I don't know if he thought this yeah. far ahead because he was actually playing in the Stanley Cup playoff game. But like, let's say, let's say Big Georgie and the NHL player safety, you know, take the bait and they ding Barzell one game. Yeah. I mean, fuck, that's they ain't uh, taking the bait. No, I know. I don't think no, so. There's no but, way they can't do that. Broadway Islanders. Who do we see in game six, Varlamov or Sorokin? Um, What's your gut feeling? If I'm Barry Trotz, I'm, I'm, I'm riding um, Varlamov. You know, he's their, the veteran, experienced guy. I think they got to go with them. You know, he got shelled early on. Give him a chance to bounce back. He was great all year, so I'd, I'd go with Varlamov. A more important question, who are we taking in game six? Because I don't know yet. I'm on the fence. I, I got Tampa in the series, so I want the series to be over. But I, I said it was going to go seven. What's going to be the line? I think the line's going to be I'm, what? Tampa minus 140? Yeah, it'll be like uh, New yeah, York Islanders right plus 125 or something, 130. Yeah. Um, I think you take Tampa. You do, eh? I'm taking I'm, Tampa. I got, I got that in the Parlay Cafe. I said Tampa, Tampa's going to close it out. I, I do. The only thing is, if there was one coach <laughs> I want behind my bench for this game, it would be Barry Trotz. I mean, he gets his team going, but I'm taking Tampa in six and – the Coliseum, that'll be the last game ever played there. Wow. It's a big match. Wow. Okay, Hazy, that a baby. I really wanted to see <laughs> I, I really wanted to see the New York Islanders, you know, continue on. I don't know why. And you know what? I think it was I, too like, you I, know, still, and I still want you guys happen. to come to New York. We keep forgetting, boys, they're missing Andres Lee. I watched them yeah, play. Oh yeah. I was watching them play, not even the eight-nothing game. I was watching them play this entire series besides game one, and I'm like, fuck, they're missing they miss a piece. And then I went, Oh, they're missing their captain. I mean, if they have him, yeah. it might have been a different it's not over but they definitely miss him so uh broadway great job breaking down that series with the boys uh we got another segment brought to us i got my fucking aura ring but i left it anyways um brought by our good friends at aura ring the segment's called awards obviously this type of year up you guys are getting some hardware uh broadway let's start first with you your brother played with this guy oscar Lim lindblom is that how i say it yeah yeah yeah, Lindbaum. I mean, I heard him right? talk about his acceptance speech about, you know, going through the chemo and losing all the weight and having to get back in the gym and get muscle back on. And, like, it just blew my mind and made me really realize, like, 
A, how lucky I was throughout my career that I didn't have to deal with something like that. And just like, I don't know, man. Kudos to this kid, Hazy. Like, it's it's pretty crazy what he went through. Yeah, and especially the cancer, uh, it, hit, it hits home for me because both of my parents had cancer and they both went through the chemo and what it does to your body, just breaking it down. I mean, it's this kid probably thought he might not ever play again. And then to be able to, one, not be able to just get back in the game last year in the bubble and see the reaction by that team. And then you kind of have this whole year. Like my brother said, it's it's unbelievable to watch this kid every day because you know what he went through and how hard he works to get himself back into the NHL as an everyday player. And that, you know, he contributes to that team. And I think he's going to have a better year next year just because everything he went through, have another year of training and get that uh, skating legs under him again. I mean, it's just incredible to be able to see a kid battle through cancer and then play in the NHL again. Crazy. Yeah, it was uh, to me. Uh, watching Bobby Ryan give the award away. Yeah, Bobby uh, did a good job. Yeah, d- during it, yeah. knowing that, you know, I think even Bobby last year getting the award, uh, and rightfully so, he, he deserved it. But, you know, at the time, Lynn Blom was going through what he was going through, uh, and we were all pulling for him, everyone in the hockey community, everyone in the community in general. Um, such a young player with, with such a good attitude and outlook on life and then being a great teammate in Philadelphia, uh, you're hearing all these good things come out about the kid. Um, you know, it was just, it was an honor to see him be able to accept it, uh, to be able to tell his story to young kids, to, um, young families that go through this with their children. Um, you know, it touches home with everyone. So, uh, in the hockey community too, you, I mean, you know, hearing Edzo speak about it on, on TV, going through what he had and, you know, guys over the years, Mario, Saku Koivu, it, you know, it, it touches home when it happens. And, uh, for us, you know, sitting here to talk about it, it builds strength, man. It builds strength for our community in the NHL and, and for everyone. So, uh, you know, hats off to him and, and for what he's been able to do. And he's going to have a long and lustrous career and hopefully, you know, help that Philadelphia Flyers turn things around. Well said by both you guys. And it just puts in perspective probably for him too, right? If he has a bad game next year or something, right? It's probably yeah. easier for him to bounce back. Yeah. Just the character he's built from that. So when I saw that story, I just, it really sunk home for me. So congratulations to him on the Masterton. Our boy Lupa won the Masterton. So shout out to Lupa, the former yeah. winner. Went to Vegas for Loops that. Lupa won. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. No, nominated. Sorry. Nominated. No, all Saku right. won it that year. Saku won it that year. He won it. Coming back from cancer. Yeah. But Loops was Loops came back from a lot. So Loops, yeah. good on your nomination. Uh, boys, a guy that you guys know better than me, Barkov. He wins the Selkie. Took it away from Bergeron. Yeah. Um, just talk about A lot, of, hey, lot of drama in Boston about that. Talk about Barky, There's boys. There's just a lot of drama in Boston in general, isn't there? Just like, yeah. yeah. So what did they do? On. My fucking beer is too warm. My fucking clam chowder is not fucking hot enough. <laughs> are the socks winning at least? Fuck. As long as the socks are winning, things are all right. The socks, yeah, the socks are good. Socks need some pitching, though. All right. Talk about Barkov up. Just about, did you know, you knew this right from day one that he would be just for how big and dominant oh, yeah. and strong he is? Yeah, he's, he's the ultimate, you know, Finn. He's like a fucking, he's, he's a like military a fucking, little yeah, fucker. Well said. Not, not yeah. little. He's big. He's big boned. He's, <laughs> He shoots the puck well. He passes it well. He picks off passes. He practices pretty much picking off like sauce passes. Um, yep. You can't you can't beat him one on one. In fact, he'll make you look silly all the time. Um, he's he's a great teammate. He's proven to be a great leader. Bringing you know the the Florida Panthers to where they've done where they've been the last couple of years. I think that's a big a testament to him as a young captain. Um, and it's it's about time he gets recognized winning the you know the Patrick Bergeron trophy away from Patrick Bergeron. 
right? Patrice, much. Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> Fucking, I'm an Englishman. Yeah, yeah. We call him Patrick. We call him Patty. Patty Bergeron. We call him Patty yeah, over here. Yeah, Saint Patrice. Fucking Patty Bergeron. Fucking Saint Patrice Day over in fucking Boston. Fucking Bergie. Um, yeah. But, so Patrice. Anyway, it, it's been his trophy and well deserving. They might rename well, the fucking. They, trophy they will rename it. Yeah. They should. About time they hey, rename a couple trophies. Gretzky I, should have I'll his be. trophy. It's a great point by your story, Broadway. Before you go, it's something that y'all yeah. should reconsider. Is totally. renaming these trophies. Gretzky right. should have one. I agree, Uppy. Mario should have one. Yeah. Fucking, a, you know, Bobby Orr should have one. The yeah. Norris should maybe go to Bobby Orr. I I don't know. No, it's time. It's, it's a good point. Yeah. Anyway. But that's the beef. That's the beef that people are saying. Uh, what, did 100, 100 writers vote on this? And Bergeron only got 89 votes in the top five. So that means 11 people left left him off the ballot. Like, So you're telling me Patrice Bergeron is not one of the best of top five defensive forwards? I mean, I love Barkov. I think he's a hell of a player. But uh, I don't know. I'm a big Bergeron fan. If he wins this one, he sets the record. And when you break it down, defense is supposedly the best defensive uh, forward. And Bergeron was better than Barkov in every single defensive category. Barkov did have better numbers stat-wise. Yeah. And he was like 58 points was- plus 12. Bergeron had 48 points plus 27. I mean, uh, either one could have won the award. But it seems like Bergeron's coming down to the end of his career. This might have been his year to set that record, and the writers didn't give it to him. It just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a shame, I think. Who holds the record? He just can't fucking, he just, the, the fucking Bruins and Flyers are in Philly. He just, he can't let it go either way. He's just, he's just, <laughs> hey, you're a fucking hard your speed I, type I love of guy. Barky. Like, I, I think Barky's a hell of a player. I do. No, it's, you just, make, it's just crazy. You make great points. I think the year they had in Florida has something to do with it too, right? I mean, they, yeah. they weren't supposed to have that year and he was their captain and, and he played against the top lines and maybe some writers were just like, you know what? Fuck Boston. They've, they've won. They've yeah. Won they're everything. sick of voting for him. They've won like everything. This guy's won it every year. Let's give it to the young Finn. And I, I'm not saying you're wrong, Hazy, because of all the things you just said. And listen, Bergeron, I mean, he's, I mean, he never makes a mistake out there. It seems like, up, you know, so <laughs> So but he's tied with Bob Ganey for he's got four. Bob got four. Old Bob Ganey. Yeah. Now Bob Ganey, huh? He's still yeah, he's right there. Well, Bob Ganey was part of the, all the yeah, Montreal yeah. Canadian Cup runs. And what yep. about Guy Carbonell? Was he on that list anywhere? Or did he win any? Guy Carbonell? I don't know why I thought of Guy Carbonell. Okay, Just because of Gosser Ranch. But sorry. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. So I, I mean, yes, it whether he wins it or not, he still got tied the most so he's still in the record books it's a it's a record that is hard to touch man there's a lot of there's a lot of guys out there that play hard both ways the fact daddy the fact daddy that's my that's why my vote will go to every year the fact daddy but i don't get a vote maybe (laughs) maybe someday at missing curfew we'll get a vote so to barky congratulations boys this one threw me slavin wins the lady bing and as a former defenseman i just always thought the lady bing was a forwards trophy there's been four defensemen besides slavin win it billy quackenbush what a fucking name Red what Kelly, legend, and a guy we all know very well, Brian Soupy Campbell. There's been four defensemen win the Lady Bing. Most I don't know. I player. just most gentlemanly player. Um, I think your demon's supposed to take a few penalties. I, I just think I don't know. I thought yeah. it was a four, I thought it was a forward award. But do we know how many pimsies he had this year? Not enough. That's like, <laughs> not, not I, bet, enough. I, I, I don't know the answer, but I'm guessing under twelve. I mean, I just always thought it goes to a forward that. Doesn't take penalties, it gets lots of points, right? What's the trophy yeah, called? Johnny Lady, Hockey. Lady, Lady Bing. Like, factor one at one year. I thought, I, honestly, I thought Matthews was going to win it. I was shocked he didn't win it this year, right? Like, 41 tucks. Yeah. I was just Great shocked. Year, yeah. But to, to Slavin, 
Congratulations. I always think of it as a fucking forward award. Maybe Uppy, maybe I should start thinking of other ways. But what do you think? Hazy, is it? Obviously, it's a award for any position, but you typically think of forwards, don't you, when you think of Lady Bear? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I always think it's one of those guys that kind of is high up there in stats and low penalty minutes. That's why I thought the award always went to. So a forward usually outscores most defensemen. Like you got guys like Johnny Hockey's won it. Like Austin Matthews would have been a great guy to win it, like you said. Didn't Datsuk won it a shit ton, right? I mean, listen. I mean, it was Defen- an award that uh, defenseman Jared Spurgeon came second, respectively. Wow! And then Austin Matthews wow. finished third. Spurgeon was the other nominee, huh? Yeah. So they had two defensemen yeah. in wow. this year. Um, old Quackenbush, though. I don't know. Quackenbush won or Billy Quackenbush, Red Kelly, and Brian Soup Campbell. Doesn't really <laughs> say his point totals this year, but maybe we can find out. Or his sorry, his uh, penalties, because I mean, to me. A D-man that plays over 23, 24 minutes a night. You got to take the guy out when he goes to the net. <laughs> you got to get a couple fucking penalties here and there. But um, to those guys, congratulations. Aura Ring segment, segment uh, awards brought to our boys at Aura Rings. Get some sleep. Get some fucking sleep, as our coaches told us our whole career. Broadway, Jimmy Scoops, top titty time, fella. Give us a little top titty breakdown. Maybe your parlay cafe. What do you got for the boys? Uppy. <laughs> again. I missed it no, again. he missed again. again? Yeah, I missed it. Uppy again. <laughs> what are we going to do with this guy, Obes? Ah, he's a busy guy, man. He's a busy guy. Fuck. Busy guy. Friday. Friday. Was, Friday. was it uh, Was it Thursday? This it was week or thir- Friday. Thursday night again, I think. Yeah. We, we, the the we got to get you dialed in. I was I'm playing start golf with your fucking reminders. I actually have the reminder, but it's set for Friday. Pops up on my phone Friday. So what happened yeah. besides the upsell? So, get another fine. What so, happened? Well, we didn't have oh, we didn't have the uh, the best week, me and you. We but you know at least we submitted. At least we played. At least what we're gonna I, play. What, but what, what, what were my we, numbers? Tell me my points. Your numbers. You had sixty four point nine five points, and it was that was good for forty eight uh, overall. Shit. But uh, you had some good plays. You had that Nick Watt kid. That's why I wanted to talk to you guys about this kid's actually a pretty good player. He's, he's got some good he, skill on him. Yeah. He's been their best. For, he's been their best forward. He's been great. And that's His why touch has been unbelievable. He's been unbelievable, but he's been their best forward. That's why the series isn't over. But he's been their best yeah. forward. Yeah. All right, here I got but, it. Uh, forty. Okay, I was 49th. Where were you, Broadway? Yeah. I was fifty ninth, so I, oh, I, had a, but I had a tough stretch. I had a I, I had a brutal strategy. I went no goalie, and you know I was looking at the top titty, and everybody in the top five had Carey Price as the captain. I'm telling uh, you, the captain's the play, and he went off for forty eight points. He had forty three saves in that game, and that's who our our winner, Wingland fifteen. He had one hundred and fifteen point five five points, and he had Carey Price, Alex Petrangelo, and Josh Anderson. Those were his. Um, those are his big name players that he had get him that victory, but I, I, I mean that was um that was an interesting game. I I, I was shocked that um, this kid Nick Wah had some good pl- uh, plays, and then you went with Max Pacioretty Obes as the captain, and he actually did well for you. He had twenty three points. I, and- I thought Max going back to you know Montreal his first game back, the one one in the series. I thought he was gonna have a breakout game, but he what did he, did he have a point? Yeah. No. Uh, I think he had. I think he had an assist in that game. But I went with Stone. I thought Stone was gonna have a big game for them, and then he did fuck all for me. And then Flower didn't do much for you either, Ob. So I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, Napoli. Well, I mean, he almost did. He, yeah. he had Napoli. <laughs> he had Napoli for the wrong team. Hey, to our but listeners the, out there, listen. We only had eighty-one people. Let's come, come support the boys and this stuff. We need. We need yeah, we got to do better. Come I got to support. Yeah. This is fun. Get, get in there on a fucking Thursday, Friday night. People. It was Friday actually too. Can people in Canada play? Yeah. 
Yes, they can. Come on yes, up there. We need can. you. Let's go. We need you. We need you. Yeah, we need Come you play guys. The boys. And, you Come know, it's fun. Boys. It's it's fun when you got to try to figure out that GM position and like guys like Alex Tuck and Suzuki. Those are guys you put in your lineup, and I think all those uh, guys that were ahead of the leaderboard had them in their lineups. And Cole Caulfield's the other guy that had a good uh, top titty week, and he's looking good. I like Cole Caulfield's game. He looks like he's he's belongs in this league, and he's doing it in the playoffs. I agree. He's going to be a DraftKings just absolute smasher over the years. He's going to put up some heavy, heavy numbers, fantasy points. Yeah, hundred percent. He's playing unbelievable. So who who won it again? Hazy. What was our guy's name that won it? Wingland, Wingland fifteen. Wingland fifteen. He, he was our. He's fucking this week. All right, so he had Carey Price forty eight points. That guy. Oh, Petro, he got me twenty three points. Yeah, he, got, he had Petro Angelo got him twenty one. Oh, he had Josh Anderson twenty three. Josh Anderson was a good play. Tuck fourteen points. I had I mean, Tuck too. Fleury, if Flurry doesn't let that last goal in, I mean, Flurry fucks gets me a, here. I might have been in the mix. Flurry gets a shutout, right? Flurry gets me eight points. If I get if I get him in the mix, I'm right there. <laughs> oh, oh! I had Shea Weber one point. Come on, Webzy, no block shots or. I mean, shit. He almost. I mean, he, he, almost he, much that he, night. Tried, he tried to beat up what's his name after <laughs> he smoked that kid. <laughs> no, he tried to kill McNabb. McNabb, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. McNabb killed Suzuki. Suzuki and Webs. You know, Webs tried to go full Web Daddy on him. Webs is just a beast, isn't he? Yeah, he sure is. Yeah, all sure right, Broadway. Is. Great job in the top titty as always. What do you got? Give us a parlay. Give us something here before we bring on our guest, Nate, Nate Dog Thompson. Right, for tonight's game, I know it's Tuesday. I'm going oh, Vegas in Vegas, and I'm taking the under. There hasn't been more than five goals scored in any of the games in that series so far. So if you can get that line at five and a half, I think you got to hammer the under. And you then like for Wednesday night, I'm taking Tampa to close it out on Wednesday night for the boys. Is that the Parlay Cafe parlay right there? Cafe. A little under and then a little Tampa. So we got Vegas under Tampa. Is that the Parlay Cafe? Yeah, I got Vegas. Vegas is winning with the under. That's Parlay for tonight. And then Woo. Tampa to close it out on the road. And that game is going over. Wow. There you go. Because it's, been, it's it. usually That's five and boy. a half. Yeah, got to love it. That's our boy. That's our boy, Jimmy Scoops. Jimmy Scoops, Broadway, Parlay, Cafe, <laughs> Hayes. Boys, great job as always. Love breaking it down with you guys. We got... NHLer, last of the fucking Mohicans almost. Yeah. Nate, Nate Dog Thompson coming at you. <laughs> Welcome back to Missing Curfew. Up Dog Scoopsy, a fucking dying breed. One of the last fucking beauties, I think, out there still snapping around. Just a grizzled, grizzled, grizzled beard on him. Always too. got a beard. Going oh, yeah. no bucket and warm up. I saw him going no bucket up there with no fans. The hair slicked back. 811 <laughs> matches. I was going to say, wouldn't you? I, still, I, I wouldn't care if there's a fucking one. Anyone in there yeah, going no bucket. I, so. know, I know. Our boy, <laughs> Nate Thompson. Tomer, what's up, fella? What's up, fellas? How are you guys doing? Good to be here. Hey, buddy, welcome back to California. How was it when you got back to Hermosa and you just, that wind and the salty air, it must have been nice. <laughs> uh, I was, honestly, I was overwhelmed. Like, I <laughs> I remember walking down to the beach and there was a there was a volleyball tournament this last weekend and I was like, holy fuck, what is going on right now? It was like, I felt naked with no mask, and but, uh, but you know, I... Uh, I adapted real quick. It was nice. <laughs> I saw I saw some stuff on social media. Was our boy Richardson there? I saw his. Uh, it was did he have his baby girl down there and Jess and stuff? Did I see that right? I didn't see Richie. I just oh. missed him, but they were around. Um, I'm actually going to be working out with Richie this summer. He, him, and uh, him and Louie and Cards and those guys. So uh, I'll be seeing him quite a bit. 
Yeah, he's a beauty. He's a beauty. He's a, you, you yeah. and him are like yeah. the last two guys that get the nose in the face-off circle and get right in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they learn. They learn from Stoli that fucking Stoli had the boys in Hermosa and Manhattan Stoli. Beach fucking yeah. getting their face in there since day one. Hey, Stoli didn't mind cheating yeah, on the face-off. Stoli, Stoli, Stoli didn't mind cheating on the face-off. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just okay. too good of a guy to kick out of the dot. That's what Tomer is right now, too. Eh? We're gonna get into face-offs with Tomer. Tomer. <laughs> Me and Uppy, we, we've been hard on the North Division, fella. We've been hard on it all year. We've been hard on just everything that went through. The cookie take Division. Me, take me back to the start of the season when you realized that, hey, we're only playing in Canada. We don't have any fans. You're a veteran guy. Just, just how did you have to adjust on the fly to be like, wow, this is actually NHL hockey this year? Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things, I think, that where I honestly I didn't know what to expect going into it. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was fucking... It was tough. You know, I mean, you're playing the same team nine times, however many times we play each team and you're, you know, um, no fans every night. Um, but, you know, it's still the National Hockey League. You're still in the show and, you know, you're still getting a good paycheck. And, um, yeah, it was it, it was an adjustment for sure. But I think, you know, after a while, you kind of just get in the groove of things like you do any season, right? You just get in the, you know, you get in the rhythm and you play and, you know, condensed schedule and all. And, um, you know, it was fine. I mean, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't what, uh, was going on in the U S but you know, we may do. Yeah. Tomer, as a veteran guy, like uh, you make a great point as you guys sell them, but at the start of the year, when you're trying to like, did you have to do more as a veteran guy in the dressing room? Cause I've been in the dressing room with you. It was in the San Diego when you're down to conditioning, but you're a chattery guy. You get like to get the boys fired up. Did you have to do more of that early to be like, boys, I know this doesn't feel normal, but like you said, we're still in the NHL. We're still national league. We're still getting paid. Let's fucking get her going. Yeah. You know, I was, I, I think early on, I mean, you know, whenever you're a new guy on the team, you kind of just try to, you know, feel out the room, you know, feel out the guys a little bit. Um, and then after a little while, yeah, you know, I, I like to, you know, chum it up with the fellas in the room and, you know, have a good time and, and uh, you know, get some pranks going. And, you know, just, just kind of loosen the guys up. And I think, um, you know, once we did that, you know, because it was – and I know it sounds like all coaches say it, you have to create your own energy, but, fuck, we really did. We really did have to, like, you know, have a good time in the room, you know, joke around on the bench. You know, I, I think we were, like – Guys were always joking around on the bench. That's one thing I remember about this team this year. We were fucking. It was loose on the bench, which was which was fun. Yeah. And I think that was that was kind of a way to like kind of get through it a little bit with no fans. What about the fans? Like I know you guys COVID protocol through the year. Like you couldn't really do much. But did you see fans out at like at dinner at, at least in Winnipeg? That because when I think about Winnipeg, Tomer, the two things I was like, well, the fans. And at least you got the Earls like girls. If they, were, if they were allowed to go. I was like, if I signed in Winnipeg, all right, I got the fans that fucking sold out barn and there's Earls girls. But if there wasn't that. It's Sharkies. You know, if there wasn't that, Tomer, let's just like, I don't know. How was it? Could you, like, how was the COVID protocol? Did you see any of the fans or not really? Not really. I mean, fuck, it's funny you mentioned Earls, man. Like if. I should have bought stock in that place this year because I fucking ordered. I ordered from fucking Earl so many times, and I was like, God, I wish I could have been. I wish I could have been there live. You know, um, <laughs> can't even go pick it up. Can't even walk in. I, I can't even. Yeah, exactly. Do what? Um, it'd be nice if one of the Earl's girls dropped it off for you, though. Hey, right? like, hey, uh, here you go. <laughs> I would, I would have been. I would have been a nice touch. Nice touch. Um, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, you, you see, like you see fans driving around with Winnipeg license plates on the flags coming out of their cars and stuff. But 
Um, no, we really didn't see my, the only time we really saw fans was when we, uh, when we beat Edmonton, uh, in that game four last game in triple overtime, there was cars wrapped around, um, uh, MTS center. And that was like, at I mean, I left the rink at probably like two forty-five AM and they were <laughs> still, they were still wrapped around the building and honking horns as we were, as we were pulling out and like, can only imagine like, fuck if we win that game with a sold out barn. I mean, that roof's oh, blowing off there. Fuck, so, buddy. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was one of those things where like, we were all sitting there after we won that, that you know, that triple overtime game. We're like, fuck, can you imagine if we had fans tonight? Like this place would erupted, you know? So, oh yeah. But what are you going to do? Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of fans around. That's for sure. Hey, Tom, you, you talk about back-to-back games and me and Uppy, and we talked about that series and, uh, you know, especially I said, Guys, I know it's a different season, but playing back-to-back games should not happen in the playoffs. And you guys did it, and then sure enough, you go in that triple overtime game. Like, were you guys thinking about that at all? Like, before that back-to-back game? Like, fuck, if we get caught out here that long? Because I felt bad for you guys out there, man. Like, guys were looking tired. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't think anyone really thought about it until after the game. We were like, fuck, of course, back-to-back, and then we go into triple overtime, yeah. you know? But uh, I don't think anyone was really thinking about it, to be honest. I mean, it was just one of those things where – it's already been a pretty, you know, weird season. Why not add another, but why not add a back to back in the playoffs, you know? So it's, <laughs> it was kind of like one of those things, like just roll with it. And, um, yeah, boys were, uh, yeah, we definitely got a, a couple days off after that one, which is nice. Uh, speaking about the Oilers and, and, and running through them in the first round, really giving them kind of everything, uh, in their way to stop, you know, their offense and their ability to score goals, make plays, you know, make them frustrated. What what was the difference, you know, in, in a McDavid in the regular season to what you guys saw in the playoffs? And, you know, just what what was it like as you, you being that shutdown guy, that grizzled fucking fourth line guy that could go out and shut down their top guys? How fulfilling was that? And just what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of feel was that in the dressing room for you guys to shut down that team? Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was a huge focus before the series because, I mean, he absolutely lit us up in the regular season. <laughs> you and everyone uh, I mean, else, Tom. Yeah, I mean, he had his way, but I think he had his best his uh, his best stats against us. So, yeah, I mean, it was a huge focus for us going into the series, you know, because we, I think, during the season, you know, we, we gave him a lot of odd man rushes. And for him, you know, McDavid is, you know, off the rush, he's, he's deadly. So... Um, that was a big thing is we wanted to, you know, take away his time and space, take away his, his, his opportunities off the rush. And if he was going to get some speed, it was all going to be the outside. We're going to clog the middle. And, you know, I mean, he's the best player in the world. He's going to get his looks. And it was a matter of, you know, if he's going to, if he's going to get his looks, it's going to be one and done and keeping the outside. I mean, him and dry sidle. I mean, those guys are, I mean, they're ridiculous, you know? So it was one of those things where we made sure that, um, you know, if they're going to get chances, it was maybe just going to be in the offensive zone, nothing off the rush. We weren't going to give them any odd bad rushes. And, um, you know, and every single guy bought in. Like, it was, you know, every guy was taking short shifts. Every guy was, just, you know, above the puck, above both those guys. Kind of – I think another thing with those guys is you kind of have to get in their way. Like, not run them through the ball because, you, you know, you can't really with those guys, but kind of make them stop, you know, like make them – make him have to stop and get going again. So, you know, a guy like McDavid, you know, he's always moving and he gets his speed going. So um, that was just a huge focus. And then, 
yeah, I think, I think we just did a really good job of that. And I mean, I mean, I mean, he still had some, he still had decent numbers, but you know, <laughs> but, you. you know, it wasn't, yeah, but it wasn't like he was, uh, you know, lighting us up before. So. No, I, I listen, I agree. I took some heat on Twitter after your series coming out and saying, you know, I spoke my mind. I, I, I have a radio show in Edmonton and I basically came out and said, you know, not now I'm not going to say word for word. I don't know what the fuck I really said, but it was like, you know, you the Edmonton depth. Oilers got yeah. outworked. They got outplayed yeah, by and in, in, in way more areas than just one position. And I said, I, I said the goaltending was one. Your guys' goaltending and your defensive play in front of your net was was by far better than theirs, and that was a big difference. Also, your depth, and by you know, and that's that's credit to you, Tomer. That's a credit to Paul Maurice, like using four lines. The Oilers had nothing. They had no guys to shut down. You know, Shifley Wheeler um, when when they got going, their penalty kill wasn't good, and uh, you know. I won't throw out names of who wrote me back and said, you know, are you kidding me? Did you watch the the series? Yes, I watched the fucking playoff, your playoff round yeah. against the Oilers. I'm an Oilers fan. So, <laughs> yes, I watched it. You guys, you you should have beat them. Most people had you guys, you know, making it on from the North Division. But you can't play playoff hockey with just, you know, two All-Stars no. and, and a couple great offensive defensemen. You can't. you got to have a full team, Tomer. You've been part of, you know uh, – being a depth guy, a glue guy, a position in in hockey that I think is is of value and should always be there. We, we, we talked about that today about Tampa Bay's fourth line, the way they play and the way they fucking get in there and and you know they they do. Those we love the fourth line. We love the fourth here. line. We're fourth line guys. I love, fourth line guys. I love that. So so I guess let's just carry on from that. And and Obi, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but no. Tomer, as a fourth line guy, you fucking held. You've 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 held your feet in this fucking league for a long, long time. Ever since I've been here, I remember battling with you in Tampa. I actually lit you up one time. We're going to fucking have Princey <laughs> yeah. find that. You, you did fucking I just lit. had to I say that. I remember the hit, too. Um, oh, it was man, probably it was dirty. It was probably dirty. But, Tomer, you've been through a lot lately. Tell me the difference in how you've maintained to keep your game at the level it needs to be to still be effective in this game. Uh, you've watched... You know, you watch these young players come and the speed they play with. Every training camp gets faster and faster. What have you done to stay involved, um, you know, to keep your game up to par and to still be playing, man, like playoff hockey that time of year? Uh, just just break it down. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think – I mean, I think now, in the, especially now with how fast it is and all these young guys, I, I think you just – like you said, being a fourth-line guy and knowing – knowing what you have to do. I think you have to excel at the little things. You know what I mean? You have to be really good at, you know, like you guys talk about face-offs. Like I like pride myself on face-offs. I pride myself on um, penalty killing, blocking shots. Like you have to be really good at those little things because I mean, like you said, like in the playoffs right now, like fuck, look at all the four teams left. Look at their fourth lines. Yeah. Like they're difference makers. Like you see the the guys that are that the coach is throwing out in important situations. I mean, you know, sometimes you know you'll see a night where the first three lines or first two lines are going to cancel each other out. And that fourth line is going to be the X factor. So, um, you know, for me, I've really, um, I guess, in a way, try to like reinvent my game. I'm still, I, you know, I, you know, I work with uh, I work with Adam Oates 
and I've been doing that for the last few years. So, you know, I think trying to still help my offensive game because I think now, I mean, fourth, third and fourth lines, I mean, they got to be able to chip in and score. Um, so I think, you know, and not only that, but, you know, taking care of myself, trying to, you know, train and skate and, you know, all the things that we do in the summertime to, you know, to make sure that we're ready to, you know, ready to go. But, um, I, I mean, I think it's just, like I said, I think it's just trying to excel at the little things. And, um, and I think you have to like, you got to love the game. Like you got to love yeah. everything about it. Like, especially being a fourth line guy, it's not the fucking most glamorous, um, you know, role, but you got to love everything about it. You know, you got to love fucking blocking that shot or love winning the big face off, even though it doesn't fucking show up on the score sheet, you know, but when the boys are, you know, hooting and hollering for you, you know, like that shit gets me going. Like, I fucking love that, you know? Um, I, I and, love the role. I, I think love, it uh, Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, I talk, Tom, or it's, it's fucking huge. And I think this playoff has shown even more like throughout the course of the regular season. I think it gets overlooked. But come playoff time, and this is what me and Uppy have talked about, the toll playoffs, about fourth-line guys, guys like yourself, you and Trevor Lewis in Winnipeg, the fourth line of the Islanders, it's very important. And for me, what you just said, the love of the game is the one thing, and you've always had that. I've only played with you for a little bit, but talk about – I want to ask you about your coach, Paul Maurice, man. I, I, this guy seems like – I don't know. Talk to me about him. When I see his interviews and his passionate, is, is, he, a good, is he a good players guy, or what what's makes him tick? Awesome guy. Like yeah. this, uh, players guy, um, you know, he, he was, he was great. I mean, open door, like he, you know, chat with him anytime. Um, good, uh, really, really good motivator. Like some of these guys speeches, like he would come into the room and talk to us and you're like ready to go through a wall after that. Like, and not only that, but like, he was good at like, you know, we went on that, what eight, nine game losing streak at the end of the season. And he was like, cracking jokes you know like hey, boys we're fine everything's gonna be okay like we're a fucking good hockey team and uh we'll get out of this we're playing good it's, it's it's gonna turn you know and he was you know he had like funny videos he would show us before every game in the playoffs and um just really good at um you know managing the bench too he was he, he'd be one of those guys on the bench like fucking cracking jokes in the middle of the game and you know, at first, you know, none of the guys are laughing. He's like, what the fuck? Tough crowd, you know, like, <laughs> like shit, like, loosen you know, up, like boys. shit like loosen that. Up. Yeah. Like shit like that. Like loosen up boys. And, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing for him. Um, you can see why he's been a coach for so long in this league and, you know, and a reason why he's been in Winnipeg so long, um, guys love playing for him. And, you know, I did too. He was great. Yeah. To me, it doesn't seem like that sarcastic coach. Obi. He's probably no. has, and Tommy, you know, but he, he probably has a sense of humor oh, yeah. and, know, and knowing just how hard it is, not just to play in Winnipeg, but to play in Winnipeg during, you know, this sort of season and this sort of circumstance, uh, you have to be able to keep things light and you can't rely on just you or the captains to be the ones like making jokes or making guys feel comfortable or, or you know, after a bad game, like being able to, uh, you know what it's like, good coaches know how to take take the fucking take some of the heat on them yeah he and just, like take it off their guys yeah he and just seems he just seems to like and it brings me to our last point before we turn over to broadway and tom we don't we don't want to get you in any trouble here but the shifley hit and the way paul maurice described it after the game when he went listen it was a heavy heavy hit. <laughs> like i i used that the next day because i was like that's the best way to describe it it was a heavy heavy hit 
but the fucking guy's head was down and Shifley drilled him. Just talk us through the impact that had on your, your team, what your thoughts on it, and then uh, we'll turn it over to Broadway. Broadway's got some questions for you too. Yeah, I mean, I'll uh... – yeah, I mean, I, w- I would love to touch on this, to be honest, because, um, you know, Mark Mark Scheifele, obviously, as you guys know, is not a dirty player. And mm-hmm. our best player on our team, guy loves the game of hockey. Like, he is probably the hardest working guy on the team, too, when it comes to working on his game. And my view on it is, you know, I think – I've talked to somebody the other day. Like, I think the way the game is going, I mean, you look at – when we started like learning how to check, right. When we started learning how to hit, how old are we? Probably 12. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 11, 12 years old. Now it's what? 14, 15. Yeah. And I just don't think, and you're seeing this young wave of kids coming in the league, you know, they don't expect they're going to get hit. If there's a big hit coming, it, exactly. they just don't see it coming. And and I know Jake Evans and I played in Montreal with him. He's a great kid. And do I think Mark Shifley should should have probably got suspended? Yeah, probably with the way the game's going. Do I think it should have been four games? No. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it goes both ways. I, I think they're – and I'm sure you guys agree. I mean, uh, fuck, I'm old school and a little more traditional. And, and I think yeah, that there's an ownership – yeah, yeah, there's <laughs> there's ownership on the puck carrier, you know. Like, like when Jake comes around the net, you know, he kind of – he kind of, you see his body language, he kind of relaxes a little bit. He kind of, you know, he doesn't really think that um, anyone's coming back to back check him and could, could have Shife maybe, you know, had to stick out and, you know, maybe stick on puck. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe, but like, fuck, there's a minute left in the game. We're up one goal or they're up one goal and it's a playoff game. Like, exactly. um, you know, you know, he's, he's trying to stop a goal. And yeah, I'm biased. I was I'm on, I was on the Winnipeg Jets, but like, <laughs> um, I, I just think that you know, and, it, and I know it's the way the fucking league is going. Like, you know, they don't want to have the big hits from fucking Don Cherry, Rock'em Sock'em anymore. You know, they don't want those hits. But I think occasionally, you know, those hits have to be in the game. Like that's what's that's the beauty of hockey is those big hits, and that and it's a you know. Like our game is a war. Like you're gonna get fucking blown up sometimes, and I, I think it, you know you have to you have to have your head up. You have to be aware of who's on the ice and what's gonna happen. And 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 the biggest unfortunate thing is Jake got hurt. Like you never want to see that. You never no. want to see a guy get hurt ever. And he and Jake is a great kid, and he's gonna be a fucking good hockey player. Um, but and I he'll, think, and he'll never you know, ra- and he'll never wrap that puck around the fucking net like that ever again, <laughs> Willie Tomer. Like you know what I mean? Like you never want to see anyone get hurt. I agree, but I mean it's it's a tough lesson to learn. But I mean I, I agree with and you said it great, Tomer, and I agree with everything you just said there. Yeah, when he's when he's done putting yeah. his body back together. Well, fuck, keep your head up. I I know I know we we've said this. Over yeah, and over. I mean I mean I've I've been on you know I've been on the. I've, I've hit a guy like that, and uh, yeah, I've gotten blown up a couple times. Fucking up, dog. I guarantee when we pull this video, that that hit's going to be a fucking penalty today, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, maybe I, a little late on that's true. I maybe guarantee. a little late, maybe a little high. That's all right. We, I maybe took a little, uh, that's yeah. uh, that's all right though. It's a fucking it's a game, you know. I I I wasn't ready for it. I should have been. <laughs> Tom, or well said, buddy. Uh, Broadway, what do you got for the Nate dog? 
Yeah, Tom, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask you, we got, we all got to experience uh, Uncle Scotty, also known as Scott Gomez. And, you know, he always had so much love for his Alaskan boys. And I just want to know what type of impact did he have on you and your career? Because, I mean, he was kind of one of the first ones out of Alaska to, to put his name on the map. I mean, he, he was, uh, I mean, as far as guys I looked up to coming out of Anchorage, Alaska, like everyone was like Scott Gomez. Like I remember being uh, like, I don't know, probably grade six and, or, or in middle school and going to watch Scotty Gomez play high school hockey. And everyone's like, you know, around the rinks watching this kid, like get the puck behind the ice or, or sorry, behind the net and skate all the way down the ice and score. You know, it was like, Oh, Scotty Gomez. And then, you know, as I got a little bit older, got drafted and everything, uh, I got to work out with him and, you know, obviously got to know him pretty well. And yeah, I mean, you guys know how Gomer is. He just, you know, he brings you in, you know, and he brought me in early and was like, you know, you're one of the boys and, you know, he's kind of always like, you know, been there for me always, you know, even now we still talk, talk all the time. He's one of my good buddies. And um, I mean, he, he was pretty much, I mean, we always say, I mean, he put Alaska on the map when it comes to hockey, you know, I mean, his career, and everything he did, um, you know, but the way he like, I remember um, when I was playing for the Islanders and he was playing the Rangers and uh, it was like, it was like a defensive zone faceoff or something like that. And I, I had my stick a different way or something like that going to the faceoff. And he's like, fuck Nate, what are you doing? Turn your, you know, turn your hand over this way. Like, you know, he was like, he was like helping me out. I'm getting ready to take a face off against him, you know, like just shit like that, you know, but you guys know how Gomer is. He's fucking, he's a man and he's, uh, he's definitely got the gift of gab and, um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, you know, he's, he is definitely one of a kind. That's for sure. Yeah, Tom, sure or there was, there was no, there was no one better. I don't think in our era than skating the puck through the neutral zone than Scotty Gomez. Oh, like even if he didn't like this boy, the scoring, like, Slumpy went through Montreal. I was playing against him. I think I was in Tampa, and I was like, Gomer didn't get any points, but I'm like, fuck, he looked good out there. Like, he was just, he had the puck the whole game. Like, you know what I mean, Tomer? He looks so good. And, like, you watch him, like, he when he when he would skate through the, like, all the way down the ice, like, he never looked down. Like, he's always head up like this. <laughs> like, never looked down once, you know? And he's got that little, like, you know, hop to his step as he's, you know, crossing over, you know, and his, oh, his, his, so knee, his, knee, oh, his so knees are knocked in and yeah, man, he was uh, he was a hell of a player. He was, he was fun good. To watch. He, he was good for escrow. Eh? He was good. You, for know, you know what else he was good at? He never <laughs> fucking. He never would touch the puck when he would skate up. It would it would just float, and he would just stick handle over it. I he know. would never <laughs> move it. It's crazy. You watch him; his stick would like stick handle on both sides, and he kind of fake here, fake there, but the puck would just like come with him. It it, it was a unique. Yeah, way. I actually got so, a yeah, unique he, way. I actually, Tomer, I got a fucking Scott Gomez story before we turn it back over to Broadway. First year in the fucking playoffs, we're playing Jersey. He's in there. Game whatever, four or five. I got him fucking down the ice, fucking fish hooking him. And I stick my finger in his fucking mouth and he bit me. <laughs> I would have bit he, your fucking yeah, finger. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> which taught me as a young guy. I'm like, I care for where you're putting your fingers though. But Gomer just like, ah, took a bite right on my phone. I was like, fuck. He's like, don't put your fucking hand in my face. I was like, okay, Gomer, you got a good point. You got a good point. Oh, yeah. But, Tomer, you, you know, us three, we it's like the finer glove. things in life. You know, we like big lifestyle guys here. Can you uh, can you tell us how you got involved with the 44 concierge and kind of just tell the listeners what it is and maybe you can dial the boys in a nice little PJ here soon. Yeah, I don't know, whatever you guys need, as, as, as long as you let me join. Uh, yeah, no, you're in, bud. Uh, yeah, no, so um, probably, what, three, four years ago, uh, a guy named Jamie Carroll, 
I don't know if you guys know who it is. He, uh, he played with a buddy of mine at Providence College, and uh, he used to be with a uh, different concierge company and kind of came to me and said, um, you know, do you want to start this concierge company? And, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things I was, I think I was still in Anaheim at the time. And, uh, like at the end of Anaheim time that was there and, um, yeah, it was just kind of an opportunity, you know, to kind of help, uh, you know, as you know, I mean, you know, during the season, right. Like when you're busy and fucking got shit going on, um, it was kind of our idea to like, not just help guys. And obviously, you know, you're going to get the restaurants and the PJs and the fucking, the trips, the, the trips to Vegas and all that shit. You're going to help with that. But like, not, but like help with guys, like help guys like moving or getting them a car in the city they're in. Um, you know, just day to day shit that like sometimes during the season, like when you're in the middle of a grind, you don't want to deal with. Yeah, and, um, you know, having a guy like, like Jamie, who does, you know, a lot of the legwork uh, for you know, for the concierge company, um, you know, I know for a lot of guys that are, that are members, like they love it, you know, they, they use it, um, all the time there. And it just little stuff, not only even guys with families, like it's, uh, if a guy needs a nanny or, you know, something like whatever it is, um, you know, it's kind of like a basically 24 hour, like, you know, service to help guys with whatever they need. And, um, it's, it's, it's been fun to be a part of and fun to learn the business side of it too. Yeah, I would have yeah. loved to have that when I was playing at Obes. I would have needed oh, that. They had me, Jimmy. Uh, all I had was Uppy. I had Uppy down me in an SLS, yeah. but I think I need a little more help. <laughs> Whatever so, you needed. Yeah, bro. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Uppy is a concierge company in, in itself. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. true. That's true. Um, Tom, we love you, buddy. Hey, you're up in Hermosa. How's uh, how's my old buddy Danny Heatley? Have you seen Heater yet? And if you're trying to stay in the league, that's a guy you probably want to stay away from in the off season. But how's Heater <laughs> doing up there? <laughs> I actually, I just saw a heater on, uh, this last Friday night. Um, cause boys, we, uh, we lost the guy. We lost the guy. Fucking good old Teddy Purcell got engaged Friday night. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. So we were, lost we, the we, fellow. We, we, another one bites the dust. He fell yeah, off the boat. We over, we, yeah. We were over at, uh, we were over at Teddy's, uh, cause he did it Friday night. So, you know, a few of us were over there and, uh, yeah, heater was over there, you know, telling, you know, telling stories from his Ottawa days. <laughs> oh, I wish I was there for that. Fuck. He got 50 and 55. Oh, he's such, he's such a beauty, isn't he? Oh, biggest beauty, man. He oh, was telling stories guy. about fucking, fucking playing with Spaz and all this shit, you know. And <laughs> it was, uh, it was great, man. He's fucking, he's awesome. But yeah, um, Teddy, you guys, have you guys had Teddy on the show yet or no? Teddy was, listen, Teddy was our first ever guest at Action yeah. Park Media when uh, we were back there. And we, we, the fucking Johnny Blue was flowing and he was our first guest. It didn't even make it we to, watched, no, so we haven't had him all. We need, we need to get him back on. We got too drunk. You know, you know what's funny about that? In, in all, in, in all like full circle is we watched after that, we watched the Tampa Bay, New York Islanders match. Yeah. Was it a game? It was fucking game six or something. It but was, Teddy, Teddy was there was talking all OT yeah. with us. He was talking OT. But the fucking interview, it's in the bank somewhere. It fucking, we got so drunk. Yeah, it didn't really make much we sense. We drank a whole <laughs> bottle of Johnny Blue Label. We were talking about Newfoundland and fucking, who knows what we were talking about. Bro. I thought it was great. I I thought it was great, but I mean, I, I mean, that's what happens when you hang out with the new, especially yeah. him too. What about Stoly Babe? What's Stoly Babe doing up there? That guy's he. I mean, he's fucking got nine different jobs. What's he doing up there? Is he golfing or what? Yes, 
Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's a member at Bel Air now. I heard yeah, that. Rumor. I yeah, heard that. Yeah, he's a member there. Um, I saw him this last weekend too. I saw a bunch of the boys this last weekend at the volleyball tournament down at the beach. So, yeah, man, Stoli's good. Stoli, you know, you guys know he's. Uh, he's a cool character. You know, he's fucking. He's a beauty. He's, he's a doing beauty. Well. We used to have six man volleyball tournaments there. I mean, Hormosa and I stay at Stoli's house and just what a weekend. But uh, <laughs> Tomer, I'll be up. I'll be up to see. You. I'm coming up to Hormosa to see you, Heater, Richie, and then we'll have you down at Big Canyon here. Um, yeah, long whenever overdue. soon. Long, long overdue. overdue. Probably after the fourth, buddy. But hey, proud of you. Keep going. You're a fucking beauty. Keep snapping them back, and we'll be in touch. Thanks for coming on, buds. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Good to Thanks, see you, Tomer. Fellas, thanks to the Nate Dog, Tomer, beauty. Yeah, was my um, roommate at one point. Roomies? Yeah, oh, he was yeah, my roommate yeah, yeah. in Newport Beach one year. We uh, where? Uh, in Newport, he lived. Uh, he lived with me at um, uh, what's um, Sea Force Place, Camp yeah, Fellows Fowler's. Place. Uh, so he shacked up in the spare between uh, he and I. We did a quite. Uh, Tomer quite the work that summer. Tomer did one summer with the boys, and <laughs> next thing you know, he's fucking not drinking anymore, right? That's what I'd say. If you want to hang know. out with Upsholo, Brian, and Lupo in the offseason, buckle up. By, because you're by, the way, <laughs> by the way, great, great interview, great guy, great, guy. great teammate. I, I didn't get a chance to tell him that uh, I, I, I take pride in the glue guy atmosphere. And when I see Tomer out with his teammates, whether they're past, present, they all love him. They tweet about him. They're yeah. on his Instagram, whether it's at Coachella, wherever they are. Tomer leaves uh, leaves behind, you know, a good presence in the dressing room. So uh, shout out to our boy for uh, for doing that and you know everything he's done over the last couple of years. Yeah, Broadway thoughts. Great Scott Golmos questions, by the way. Great questions. Uh, yeah, but it's just great. To, like we love our old school guys here. We love the veterans on this podcast. And my brother said that right when they got him in a trade. He was a guy that came right in. My brother gravitated right toward him. So you can just tell he has that leadership. He has that personality. Just a fun guy to be around. And I, I think I wanted to ask him about uh, how messy of a roommate my brother was because I think he lived with my brother for a little bit when he got traded at the deadline. But, Tomer, that was awesome for coming on, and we appreciate it. Yeah, Tomer, keep going, buddy. Uh, you're a dying breed. You're a good team guy. Got a little, t- little taste of that in Anaheim with him, and he came down on a conditioning stint in San Diego. So, Tomer, thank you, buddy. Updog to our sponsors. DraftKings, Good Life, Canadips, Manscaped, Aura Rings. Thank you for the support. To our listeners, rate and review us. Five stars. You can chirp us if you want, but give us five stars, please. And Uppy. On Spotify or iTunes we got or some, YouTube or whatever. We got something fun going on here. What do we got? We are calling for our listeners to submit a video to our social or on your social for your Stanley Cup predictions. We want to see... Who you guys think, uh, this is airing this week. We want to see who you guys think is going to win the Stanley Cup and do it in a very interesting fashion, whether you're chugging a beer like Milan Lucic <laughs> or you're ripping a bong like our boy Rick Rowley. Whatever you're doing, send in a video uh, with the hashtag MC Stanley Cup. Missing curfew Stanley Cup. Hashtag MC Stanley Cup. We're going to pick a few uh, of the more entertaining ones and show them live on our social. I think it'd be a fun way for Princey to dig up some good fashion fan-based uh, videos, boys. Now, now, you know, keep it classy. Don't be like thumping your girlfriend <laughs> on there or whatever. And you know, or maybe we're not going to put that out there. It's not <laughs> Pornhub, but uh, make it interesting. Get the boys laughing, you know, and uh, maybe get you guys a couple new followers. That's awesome. That's a great idea to our listeners. Please do that. Broadway Jimmy Hayes. Who you got tonight, Vegas or we got Vegas tonight, right, baby? 
Yeah. We got Vegas, got Vegas and the under. Vegas and the under. Scoopsy, as always, up dog your beauty. That was missing Kirk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.